0: hey what up boxing fans this is the Ropa dope radio podcast i'm your host chris carlson we are live on a tuesday night hope everybody's doing okay had a good week and i know i did we're gonna start in the ring lots to talk about well not a lot to talk about but we did have you know some uk action well connor ben technically from the uk right but he did fight here in vegas um but Buatzi and Aziz. Dan Aziz, Joshua Buatzi, put on a pretty good fight. I thought Buatzi was fairly dominant, um, but a good performance in a loss to an extent anyway with Aziz. Uh he just you know, he fought hard, wasn't really able to implement his style. And Buatzi wasn't looking to just land the jab in box and keep him at range. He he actually pushed him forward and kind of put him on the move, had him circling. So overall, I thought it was a pretty good fight, but Bawazi looked really, really good. Um, And then I will talk a little bit about the Connor Ben fight, some of the undercard action as well. A lot of people talking about Whitaker (laughs) and uh, his, his, his showboating, right? His, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. A lot of people have an opinion on that. And I get it. You know, some people, I always equate it to Deion Sanders and Barry Sanders, right? Now, I'm not trying to, like, put Whitaker in that same realm, but some people liked Barry Sanders. When he scored a touchdown, he just gave it right to the ref, right? And Dion is going to start high-stepping at the 35, maybe the 50. As soon as he can start high-stepping, he's going to start high-stepping. But they both get in the end zone. They were both on an elite level. And to be honest with you, you look at Flashy. I mean, Barry Sanders was a flashy, flashy running back. Sometimes he'd lose yards because he was so flashy. You know, um, It is what it is. Obviously... Let's see you do that against, you know, a better opposition, I guess you could say. But I don't really have a, oops, I don't really have a big problem with that at all. But we're going to start with recap. Then we're going to get into, not Saturday, but Thursday, Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. Teofimo, Teofimo Lopez versus Jermaine Ortiz on ESPN. I think it goes college basketball, I think it's women's college basketball, NHL game, and then ESPN. Keyshawn Davis against Jose Pedraza. That's a nice little step up for uh, for Davis. And then Abdul Mason, one of the best, if not the best, most talented boxing prospect, right, out there. Boxing prospect? Is that what I – I mean, I guess – Prospect in boxing, I think that would be a better way to put it. We did get some bad news Tyson Fury cut. Of course, the conspiracy theories came out. And, you know, it's okay to question something and, and make sure there's evidence and all that. But, you know, when people go off of a selfie and then a picture and go, hey, it's on the opposite eye, you know, that that that's where you, you lose me. Uh, but who's Connor Ben gonna fight next? There's so many names out there. Uh, we talked about the rumor about Gervonta Davis, uh, Eddie Hearn obviously calling for Eubank Jr. Um, also spoke, you know, about Devin Haney um, among a variety. Sabrell Matias speaking to Eddie Hearn. It seems like there's deep talks. To, to finalize a deal um for Sabril Matias with Matro. Multi fight deal. I don't know how you know how many fights, how many years, don't 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 have a clue with that just yet. But we now know some of the offers that were on the table. Um Liam Perro uh, is is mandatory, so that would be fight one I assume. For Matchroom, we'll talk about some of the fights that they possibly have. I guess you could say Devin Haney's in there because it's still kind of vague, you know, whether he's got an option on him or that's just a promoter he's going to work with. We're talking about Matchroom, Eddie Hearn, and whatnot with uh, Devin Haney. But we'll go over the top rank and PBC stuff, too. Pretty interesting. Um, And it makes sense, really. Uh, although, well, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. And then, like I said, breaking down this fight with Lopez and Ortiz, does Ortiz have a legitimate shot? You know, it's kind of interesting. They have somewhat similar styles. Nobody, no two fighters fight the same, right? And I'm not the type to constantly throw out, oh, he's got a Hagler jab, or he's got this, or he's like Roy Jones, or, you know, Look at that defense, that's like Mayweather or Whitaker, you know. I'm not a big fan of doing that. But when you look at their style, and even if you look at comparing it, look at their fights against uh, Lomachenko. Both of them were competitive. Um, Obviously, Loma got a much better start overall than he did, you know, with Tiafimo. But they do have similar styles, so we'll break that down. Um, and, and you know, what would be next? We'll talk about it next week, but Tiafimo, you know, the, he, there's a potential he could have a big summer fight if they can, uh, you know, land somebody. I mean, he's calling out Terrence Crawford now. Um, I don't know if both those guys could settle in on money, <laughs> but you never know. It'd be an interesting fight and, and for Tia Fimo trying to go three times lineal, that would be that would be crazy. I don't know if uh, we know Terrence Crawford is in I want the biggest fights for the biggest money mode. Um, so that doesn't really fall under that. But I do think it would be now that Crawford has that pay-per-view profile, um, you know, and how he performed in his first major, you know, major, major fight, I mean, I think it could do some numbers. It would definitely do the best uh, top-rank, just straight-up top-rank pay-per-view in a long time. It'd be the best ESPN one when it's just ESPN, not the ESPN and Fox. But we'll get into all that. Of course, some more current fight news that's out there. Um, They did, like I said, postpone um, Usyk and Fury. But we do have a new date. We also have a little bit more information on Baturbiev and Bivol, um, fall, and the undercard. Sounds like it's is kind of an interesting thing that we already talked about. Um, but if this is your first time listening to the Ropeadope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash ropeadope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropeadope and download the show directly there if you don't want to. You can find this here podcast, Rope It Over Radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, download the podcast app, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, Podbay, Podtail, Deezer, someone, uh, I think it's rat, Ratchet, or Ratch, I don't know, somebody said that they, somebody messaged me saying, you never say this, I think it said rat, Ratcher, Ratchet, I'm sorry, I, I, I screwed up, I screwed up. Anyway, just, uh, you know, Overall, you can just Google it. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to TheGruelingTruth.com. Eastside Boxing, in fill boxing. One more thing about Direct TV Stream. Enjoy live TV and streaming apps in one place. Get premium TV and access to all your streaming apps via your home Internet connection with the Gemini device. Go to DirecTV. Speaking of, get the best in DirecTV Stream. Stream the live sports on-demand shows and must-have channels you need anytime anywhere across your favorite platforms. It's still going on for a limited time. You know how like they do <clears throat> they like to do those deals. For the choice package, which is the second package in a tier system, $83.99 for the first two months. That's a savings of $50. The first package is called the Entertainment. It starts at $79.99 right now. Either way get the pack- get the right package that works for you. Direct TV Stream. Okay, so um we'll start with the more excuse me <clears throat> we'll start with the more meaningful fight, shall we? Because, you know, that's what it's all about, right? Buatsi Aziz um you know, right away Buwatsi was actually the one establishing the base with his jab and like I mentioned he was forcing you know Aziz to to move a bit and not to just be able to come right in um and not just pumping his jab left and right but forcing him back I also liked how he attacked the body with both hands he was using these little angles going from side to side landing good good shots and uh You know, at some point, he was kind of circling him. at times. He was, like I said, landing to the body, but also, like, showing really good upper body movement because the fight was in close a fair amount of the time. Now, Aziz hung in there. He did land some good right hands. I thought, you know, Bwazi's game plan in setting the pace and coming at him had Aziz shelled up a fair amount. And so... Um, that contained them, you know. Um, when they did have exchanges, they were pretty short. Boatsy, nine times out of ten, maybe eight times out of ten, got the better of them. I mean, some right hands landed pretty good. Some of them weren't all that clean. Um, but the left hook to the head with the jab was starting to uh, land as well for Buatsi as the fight wore on. And you know, he was landing not just one punch at a time, two punch combos, sometimes two and three punch combinations, or at least throwing three punches, landing two type thing. Um he was pretty good defensively as well, I thought. So hang on real quick. All right, sorry, I had to uh had to clear my throat. Um the big issue, like I said, he was kind of shelled up, was Aziz, and, you know, like I said, he had some success, he had his little moments at time, but he wasn't able to put his punches together, he wasn't able to build upon a good jab, or a right hand, or, you know, he went to the body as well, but he just, he wasn't able to capitalize on anything that he started. And I thought that's where either, you know, Buatsi was making him show up, like I said, or he would circle and, and use upper body movement in his defense. But he stood there pretty much the whole time. Right in front of him or pushing the pace. Um, I think it was the 11th round, if I remember correctly. Uh, there was two knockdowns. The first one was kind of like a quick one-two and then a pretty hard right hand. At first, when I saw it, it kind of looked like he was a little off-balance, Aziz. Aziz. Maybe he was a little off-balance, but it kind of looked like he tripped. And I watched the replay. I was like, no, he, he didn't trip at all. The second one were back-to-back right-hands, and they landed pretty damn hard. He went down real salt, you know, from that shot. Um, now, Aziz got up, was swinging back and all that, Um but there wasn't, like I said, there really wasn't much more to happen, right? You had uh, one, set, two scorecards, had at 117-109, um, and then one had it 116-110, um, which I'm not saying you couldn't give any rounds at all to him or nothing like that, uh, Aziz. But I surely wouldn't. I don't. I don't see giving him four. Ten to two, nine to three. I think that's fair. I think nine to three is fair. I don't know if I'd go eight to four. But it was a competitive fight, like I mentioned. It was a good fight, and uh, you know where does? Well, Aziz kind of goes back to the drawing board. Obviously, right? It's his first loss. Um, it's not the end of the world, right? Buatsi now ranked. You know, pretty high as far as uh, the list at 175. Um, and from my understanding, I believe he's, like, ranked in a bunch of these divisions. Um, or not in a bunch of divisions, but a bunch of these sanctioning belts, right? So, you know, there are some fights out there for him. No doubt about it um and actually shoot you know what i thought i saved what he what he was ranked i'll check really quick you know anthony yard it, it would be a good fight uh, you know obviously you got the uh the local appeal that's if they you know will do the fight there or whatever i assume they would so in the wbc he's ranked second right um, Callum Smith at, at least on boxing scene. I don't know if that's right. Yeah. Boatze's number two there. Boatze's number one in the WBA. Aziz was two. That'll get a new ranking. Um, and Anthony Yard is four. Voshtick is six. Um, He's third in the IBF. Um, Efert's in him, one, and then three. Number two is not rated. And then he's number one in the WBO. And Aziz was there at, at two. Um, Yards, four. Volschnik's three. Eifert's uh, five. So you do have some guys that are ranked in what you'd say the top ten in the division. Um, if I go, you know, to TBRB... Um. You know, there's uh, obviously Beterbiot one, Bavol two. And then Boatze, Yard, Efer. you know, as he was six, I don't know if he'll go down. You still have Vostek there, like I mentioned. Calum Smith is technically hanging on there as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Yard, and then if Calum Smith wanted to fight, maybe, you know, maybe you could get a third fight in. So, there's... There's definitely options, and if it does take place at some, you know, maybe a fight yard, and then you go after, you know, um, a ranking, you know. You go after, or you just play the rankings, and then and then you get a shot, you know. That could be. That could be how it plays out. But either way, I, I liked what I saw out of Boazzi a lot. I thought it was one of his better performances, and like I said, Danaze's just not the technician, you know, that he that he is, obviously. It's it's no ripping or anything like that. Um Adam Azim got an easy win. Uh Caroline Dubois, she got a win too, I believe. That went the distance though, if I remember correctly. I think it was a ten rounder. And then yeah, Ben Whitaker was toying with the dude, you know what I mean? Francisca Hennessy won as well. Um, he, he was toying with this guy. You know, he, he um, I think he knocked him, what, it was the second round or third round? I think it was the second round. Um, but Ben Whitaker, you know, like I said, he was just toying with him. He was having fun. He was uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I get some people you know, not loving it because, you know, look at, just take the person out. But, you know, I don't know that style is fun to watch for one. Maybe some people don't like it. Right. But it is fun to watch. And also as he steps up, there's going to be plenty of people that want to see him beat when you fight like that, you know, you're gonna have people mad at you. I mean, that's just a that's just a given. And you know, the guy that obviously a lot of people were talking about um, was Emmanuel Augustus, right? I mean, like that's who it reminds you of, right? Because he's just flashy. He's having fun. He has a little two step. He's just he's fun to watch, dude. It is fun. It was fun to watch. I I was entertained, but I do contain my entertainment, if that makes sense, because for my excitement, you know. It's not easy to fight like that guy. Now, can you do it, and will he even do it, you know, that much as he raises the bar, you know what I mean? Probably not, right? Probably not. So, like I said, I understand that some folks – you know, aren't big fans of that of that style. Uh, some people love it, you know. And I think, you know, like I said, it, it, it'll rile people up. And that's part of it. You know, that is part of it. So let's see him try to do that, though, straight up, you know. Will he actually do some kind of, you know. I mean, the thing is, he, I mean, he's on that was six fight i think that's his six fight so you can't look too too much into it um but yeah i didn't get offended um i think it's actually quite entertaining but we'll see if it's flash and substance and all that type of stuff right now on to the connor ben fight with what peter dobson i think his name is um, Austin Williams was on this undercard. He knocked somebody out, y- Yasa or whatever, Boom um, Boomba Yasa, something like that. Um, Khalil Cole, <laughs> he 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 won by knockout. I mean, you know, overall, it wasn't it wasn't really, you know, an ideal card or whatever, right? It wasn't it was like eh, whatever you know but as far as like Connor ben goad right um you know he came out with a lot of pressure he he was trying to land bombs um you know he did land a couple of decent combinations early but it it really felt like he was just trying to bomb him out dobson and and once Ben realized, okay, this guy can take my punch, I'm going to fight at range a little bit. Um, and, you know, he was landing lead, lead shots, whether it was lead right hand or the lead left hook. Um, I thought he was jabbing fairly well to the chest and the head. Um, and, you know, Dobson, Peter Dobson wasn't doing a whole lot, right? Um, But he wasn't running. He wasn't on his bike by any stretch. And then he did finally start to turn it around later in the fight somewhat. Not turn it around like he won a bunch of rounds, but just, like, not just stuck in the corner. Because for a while, Ben had him either cornered or on the ropes. Like I said, you know, Dobson wasn't running. He wasn't running. He wasn't doing a whole lot, but he wasn't running, you know. And he managed to land, you know, some decent right hands. And like I said, you know, the fifth round had some good give and take, you know, the sixth round, you know, at times he was backing Connor up. So not backing him up like, oh, my God, I'm not going to fight like this anymore. And, you know, I better stay backed up. Right. But, um, you know, it was just it it was just an okay. you know, okay, night out, I guess you could say, like, you know, he now has two, um, you know, he now has what, two fights, right, since uh, taking time off, (laughs) let's just put it that way, since going on vacation, yeah, he fought last September in a 10 rounder, then a 12 rounder uh, for February, so he's gotten two fights in after being off, you know, for over a year because he fought in April uh, 2022 uh, against Chris Van Heerden. And then he, uh, you know, he hadn't fought till the following fall. So, you know, you know, he's basically just fought like a very old Chris Algieri, not much there Van Heerden, which he took care of those guys. Granados was a guy, you know, that I thought at least gave him rounds, you know. I'm not saying he won a bunch, but he at least gave him rounds. Um But he's not getting guys out like he was, that's for sure. Because he was there for a second, getting guys out a lot easier. So and obviously we know he failed, you know. Um you know, he didn't pass a test for, well, he passed some tests, but the, 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 you know, the, the band substance popped. So, you know, what, what is next for him? You know, depending on who you talk to, right? Um, I don't or what he says or Eddie says, like, Eddie's like, I'm only going to mention Eubank Jr. a little bit more. After that, I'm done with, him. I'm not going to, you know, and, and he even said like, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't do nothing to this guy basically. Right. And so why don't you take the fight? Cause you know, you're a middleweight and, and that type of thing. It was kind of, was kind of like, all right, you're basically saying your guy's not a puncher. Um, whereas it appeared that he was starting to look like a puncher. That's why I bring it up. Um, but you know, was that the failed substance or not? Here is something recently by Hans um um not long ago. On boxing scene, it's just the, the header says Eddie Hearn Devin Haney can come up and fight Connor Ben in London at 147. Um, Eddie Hearn has noticed that both Ben and Haney have fulminated over the so, over social media. Uh, the trash talk is fun and created buzz, but Hearn doesn't want it to be protracted. Instead, throwing a bunch of verbal jabs at one another, Hearn suggests that Haney pack his bags, jump on the nearest um, flight he can fight, find, and fight Ben away from the conference, you know, in the U.S. Devin can come and fight Connor in London at 147, he told pro boxing fans. I think Devin is is going to eventually be at 147 pounds. He's building himself into a big star. If Devin wants to come to the UK and fill up a stadium or, or an OT arena, we'd love to do it. And he has mentioned, a, you know, and he has talked about going up too a little bit. So, um, cause it doesn't seem like he really wanted to stay at that weight class too long, really. So is that a doable fight? Sure. Obviously, you got to throw Eubank Jr. in there, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of fights for him at those weight classes, but, you know, are they going to look for just big fights? You know, would he just take a, a notch up type of fight? Because, like I said, he hasn't really faced the top-notch guy yet at the weight class. So... You know, if the Eubank Jr. fight doesn't go through, you know, wh- what's it going to look like? You know what I mean? That I don't know. That I'm not sure. So I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, but he definitely needs a big fight, you know, sometime this summer. You figure it's February, sometime June, July, August. That's usually when they do you know um early summer late spring late fall that's usually when they do those stadium fights if that were a thing but arena whatever you know it would be nice if conor ben was able to fight in the uk that's another thing come on over to london we just don't know if we can fight you know that that's that's the that's the thing that's like well are you going to get cleared to fight um Because there's still, obviously, um, a process there. And uh, I really don't know where that stands. It's always been kind of fag. Um, Whether, you know, whether he, he can fight there or not, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, reading those comments, you know, off of the boxing scene from pro boxing fans. Yeah, I mean, you know. Devin Haney and, and Connor Ben, or even, you know, watching them to go back and forth with Gervonta and him, um, you know, those would be big fights. Actually, it'd be kind of fun to have another big fight in the UK. You know, they don't get as much. I'm not trying to rip on the UK uh, fight fans at all. Um, so it would be, it would be really, um, it would be fun to, to, to be able to see that, you know? Because those those would sell, you know. Um, But Connor Ben said, uh, "Offer on its way, Jervumpa Lumpa, Jervante. Let's go." He said, "Relax, let me and your boss work. We got it right." Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, like I said, can you get too far ahead of it when you know that? Or when you don't know if you could if you're, when you'll be able to fight there. Now you can always use a different, you know. You can always you can fight in the UK in certain places without going through the the what people would call the official one. You you definitely can, but it's a little shaky. One two. You know, future fights that can be the the relationship there can be a little shaky as well. So, you know, I don't know. Um I just and now we're so far. By the way, Azim Adam Azim said after this is what he tweeted because he was celebrating and the guy had a dislocated shoulder. His opponent, he said, I only realized that the shoulder popped out afterwards. The ref counted him out. I was confused and I thought it had been from the comp. Uh, from the contact, he said he apologizes, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Angelo Leo, third round knockout, uh, over Plania, uh, on Pro Box. That was almost a week ago now. Also, uh, Aguilar and Marksman. Um, I did think, um, I thought Marksman won. That was on the uh, most valuable promotions. I did think that Marksman won. They should probably have a rematch uh, in there. We'll talk about a variety of, um, of other items too. There was a, a really cool story. Julian Smith, a legally deaf um, fighter, um, you know, had a major upset. He was like a. I can't remember. It was like a plus 1,400 or 1,500 or something like that. That actually was. That was on that H20 Sylvie or Silva. Um, H2O Sylvie. That was that DAZN card I saw a chunk of. I didn't see the whole card. Um, but we'll get into some of the other items Um In just a short little bit, I'm gonna go ahead and bring in John into the fold here. All right, let me see.
1: John should be here in a
0: second. What's going on, John? How you doing? How's it
2: going? How's it going tonight?
0: Not bad, man. Not bad. How about you?
2: Doing good. Doing good.
0: A shave for you and everything. Look at this, huh? Yeah, that's good.
2: What well, <laughs> with the, when you're on Zoom, you, you got to worry about that video uh, component of things, not just the audio. So
0: that's right. That's right. So, um, did you get a chance to see Bowazi and Aziz at all? Um, or any kind of the stuff from Connor Ben or any, anything that happened, uh, over the weekend, it was kind of a light weekend.
2: Um, yeah, I did know. it. I, I did. It was a light weekend.
0: I got you kind of frozen here. Um, let me see here. You're kind of frozen on the screen. I can't hear you. I'm not sure if you may want to try to. Maybe it'll clear up here in a second. Um. Hmm. Maybe try going back out and back in. I'm not sure, but yeah, you're just kind of frozen on the screen. I can't can't hear you. Not sure if you can hear me. But if you can, okay, there we go. He'll probably come right back. <laughs> uh, let's see if it doesn't uh, mess up here. Let's 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 see if we can get him back in. And that was on Sky Sports, obviously, but also Peacock. Just in case American fans don't realize, there is a deal now with Boxer, and uh, that their Skype. Sky Sports in the U.K., obviously, in other places, I'm sure. But um it is on Peacock, which is like an NBC thing. In fact, you know, sports-wise, there's actually some big news coming this fall. You have Disney and you have ESPN, which kind of surprised me a little bit with the ESPN Plus stuff. Um But it sounds like there's going to be, you know, uh, a new just straight up sports it can't be good news for uh zone. um obviously although you know th- their hopes for growing here are long gone as far as other sports um yeah basically it's it's like three networks coming together Warner Brothers Disney uh and Fox so the ESPN plus thing is kind of Kind of interesting there, but yeah, ESPN, TNT, and Fox Sports on a new standalone app um, that's coming this fall. So um, I don't see him back. Maybe he just had some internet issues and he'll be back, hopefully. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he comes back here. Um, But yeah, so it says... the. This is from Variety. The three media giants are slated to launch the new service in the fall. Subscribers would get access to linear sport networks like ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, SEC Network, ACC Network, ESPN News, ABC, Fox, FS1, FS2, uh, Big Ten Network, TNT, TBS, True TV, and ESPN Plus. Okay, so there's the plus part. Um, as well as hundreds of hours of NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and many college divisions. Pricing will be announced at a later date, but company the, the companies will likely look for a monthly subscription that is more than a customer that is more than a customer would pay for a standard, like a standalone uh, regional sports network, which costs about twenty or thirty a month, in less than a larger uh, digital programming package such as Hulu Live or YouTube tv which costs anywhere from 70 to, to 50 so uh, you know if you're going to offer that many things then obviously you know that plays into that so they were so the three principles did not make outreach to comcast or paramount global the person familiar with the matter says realizing disney fox and warner brothers uh Control approximately 85% of the sports right market and feel that bringing in a partner, more partners, would make the structure unwieldy and make the prices just too high for the customers. So, okay. I do see you, John. I'm going to pop you in real quick. All right. Should be here in just a second. There we go. All right.
2: Look, looks like we had a little tech difficulty there.
0: That's all right. The show must go on. Um, and I was actually talking about, and we'll get into the fights first, but was actually talking about that uh, Variety article where it looks like um, Warner Brothers, ESPN, and Fox kind of all coming together to make a sports at The Netflix of sports. We've heard this somewhere before. Um, so... Because they realize that they have eighty five, right around eighty five percent of the sports rights in the U.S., so they're going to come this fall with a standalone app. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about that. Well, no, bit. I did. I did okay. see that
2: in the New York Times a couple hours ago. Same, same news, and apparently most of the big players are getting together with a to create their own streaming service. With the idea being that they're going to broadcast games they already own the rights to on regular TV and they're going to stream it, the idea being that they're going to capture people that have already cut the cord to cable for good. So I I did, as soon as I saw that, I thought the same like you did, uh, apparently, Chris. I I thought it was potentially big news. Um, You know, thinking it, it could take away... We don't know what's going to happen yet, but if somebody gets on there, I mean, it it could take away a little bit from that PBC Amazon deal, I would say, because, uh, you know, they're kind of, kind of doing a streaming thing there. But if there's a, if there's an all, I mean, you know, enough people have Amazon already, but it's just that if there's a sports network streaming things might be a little convenient, might not matter that much. I mean, Amazon's already well-established, but, uh.
0: It is interesting though for ESPN that it's not just the stuff available on their ESPN Plus. You know, it's right. like the live, like multiple channels on there. So that would solve or at least help, you know, further that way to solve, like you said, the cord cutters that are just never coming back to cable. But it's not ESPN Plus where you don't get all the games. You don't get most of the games, you don't actually get. Uh, unless they're on archive after they're live or whatever, but to get the actual channels and to be able to watch it and to be able to watch games on Fox and all that stuff, that is pretty interesting. And and it you wonder where that kind of leaves ESPN Plus in a sense. You know, maybe they just think they've already kind of hit the ceiling on that. Um, yeah, that but, was
2: the only part I, I agree. That was the only part I yeah. figure, but. I did see mentioned, and of course, it's in the very early stages. Literally, just came out in the last couple of hours. Uh, they 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 mentioned as examples, and I could see this because these aren't really provided for yet in the streaming world. Like, you know, if T, TBS has got a, you know, you know they have hockey, they have hockey. You know, Turner has hockey now, and uh, you know, FS One has all kinds of different games. You know, there's no ESPN. Plus outlet for all that FSN, FS1 stuff. You know, you got you've got college basketball, college football, right. things like that. That
0: this, yeah, that would put the Big Ten in the SEC together. That's what
2: it looks like. That the, they're combining the little bit. I'm making a really quick assumption, just on a, a paragraph or two. But right. I, I was taken in that really quick glance assumption that it looked like maybe collecting all those games together and then they would be on the streamer. So if you don't have cable anymore, you, you, you're catching, you're catching those games. Um, we're at a point where, yeah, there's with as much boxing as there is on TV, it's, it's dropped off the quote unquote regular TV universe in the U S except for the ESPN, ESPN plus. So, uh, At the moment, it might not be particularly relevant to that, even though, we, of course, we talk boxing, so we think boxing first. But you wonder if somebody might move into that or something like that. Uh, But, yeah, ESPN Plus has picked up a lot of subscribers. You know, that's streaming, and then ESPN right now is the only traditional outlet, hard to believe, but in the U.S., that's really the only traditional outlet showing boxing at this point. Um,
0: yeah, you wonder if ultimately the ESPN Plus will fold it into that, you know? I don't know. It's kind of interesting because um, yeah, they, they do weird. a lot okay. of documentaries and all that stuff. But, you know, for just documentaries in some games, like in the Big 12 and stuff like that, I don't know. Because it already says ESPN Plus in there anyway. So, and also Max, when you look at... um you know max has that where they're like you said with CBS and tnt where you can you could do right now on max you can do like a free subscription to that it's like the bleacher report thing um it's like a bleacher report for sports right so you just right now you could do it for free on there um and they show games and they have them on archive you can go right to the max uh, app and they have archive games or live or whatever but yeah, I wonder if it just won't get folded into all that, and then the linear stuff will stay where the linear stuff is, obviously, because you know there's still people that have cable and still plenty, really. It's just dwindling, but yeah, that that's that's an interesting one. I wasn't yeah, anticipating that, now, that.
2: That, now that you mention it, it was in the early stages, and that's how I still have it. So I haven't gone back and checked, although I've thought about right. it. I'm paying for a lot of cable stuff and and streaming a lot of stuff now too, like like a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. At the at the beginning, you make a point though. At the beginning, and it may still be like I said, I haven't checked on it for a while, but certainly when it, when it started, the ESPN Plus was connected to your regular ESPN. So, you know, you may have a point where, I mean, that that's still anchoring you to cable, to a you know to a degree,
0: right. Uh, but if all your stuff is available, that's available on cable on an app. It's like, what's the right. point of having an ESPN Plus? To, you know, right. At, right? at some point, you know, maybe that content will just get folded into that. I don't know. That's interesting, do it. but it makes yeah. sense for ESPN because you know they're the they're one of the big them and like Fox News and a couple other networks are the ones that are like, oh my gosh, hold on, we were able to charge this month's. And now it's dwindling, and so they do have to do something about it. Um, And it can't be just what's on the app in Big 12 games and stuff like that and and the Mac for college football or stuff like that. No hack in the Mac, you know. But, like, it has to be the big shots, and and that is what they sound there. You know, if you look at Fox and ESPN. and So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. We'll see where that takes us. But they said in the fall that they're going to launch it.
2: Okay, I I actually didn't see when it was going to be launched. So, yeah, but no uh, back to the weekend. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Ben, ben not
2: Ben Connor Ben not getting a stoppage. You know, he's in with a nondescript opponent. Yeah, I mean, one of the you know, it's just it's it's all over boxing now. You know, a lot of it, a lot of these fights, I mean, pe- people who are hardcore fans, they're they're looking for something to talk about, but the, these aren't designed as these aren't really designed as particularly competitive matchups. Like we said, it's where they're not putting opponent money out. So so what I'm pointing out too is like where Ben doesn't even actually get enough criticism. I mean, who, who's, Do- who's Dobson, you know, right. re- relatively speaking, no, nobody. So a guy goes the distance. I, I've never, you know, never been all that into the, the Connor Ben thing. Got a couple of better looking KOs, but then, you know, with the PEDs coming yeah. right after
0: that. All it, of a sudden they've gone, you know, 22 rounds of two fights all of a sudden.
2: It, yeah, because he really didn't look that good, or, you know, early on. He got yeah, exactly. he Got dropped by that, the journeyman Frenchman a couple of times, barely survived that, uh, and, and wasn't, you know, looking, looking all that powerful at that point either. Right. It was kind of almost like a novelty and uh, then he, you know, he gets a couple yeah. of KOs. Most famously, the Algieri one. Not, not that Algeria was really a threat at that point. He wasn't, but and, and he just never just the still run.
0: faded name, you know, that right, the UK just, can talk up, you know,
2: right? But just the way he did it. But yeah, you know, yeah. he's he's rightfully he's rightfully open to criticism uh, by not getting a KO here. I I think the criticism is warranted, and. It doesn't mean that'll hold, but you know, the guy he's he's in the category of of people that have escaped with the PEDs that, you know, by all accounts shouldn't have. His excuses are ridiculous. And then Hearn yeah. covers for him. Uh so you know, now Hearn's saying everybody wants to fight him. I mean, if 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 that's true, it's just because he's 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 a name who's not that good. Uh it not, sounds not... like
0: he's in cash out mode.
2: Yeah. I, I, so I, I his his whole this his whole thing doesn't really interest me that much uh so not not coming the back the way he he needed to to get any positive buzz going uh meaningless meaningless victory special especially without getting a KO so nothing much there and then And then undercard
0: the was trash. I you think know?
2: yeah, these undercards That one was bad. Just absolute garbage unwatchable they really are you can't this is this is like we're saying we're, we're we're having a lot where you really need these defined main event times not even that they're that great but you you just can't you can't be asking fans even hardcore fans to sit through these three-hour interminable undercards and and you know let's face it, even even the even the top-ranked ones on ESPN plus haven't been good lately uh with some of their prospects so it, it's it's all the it's all the way around uh, except, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know really pbc's got some more depth so sometimes you might sure. get a little more interesting but but they haven't they haven't been as active with the shows lately as we know yeah yeah They're right all the way around so not not good I, we really need to be able to time these main events not that they were even that great but then even aziz you know he, he's undefeated and you know i'm looking at it and you know i'm on on transnational and, and light heavy weight had been decent but then got kind of weak and he was in there, you know, in, in the in the top ten, and and uh, you know it, it went the distance. Um, you know, clear win for buatsi Just saying, I mean, I, I I had voted. I said Transnationally should should you should drop him to ten at best, and they were going to leave him a little higher. Why I mention that is you you look at the guy's record. Yeah, he, he lost to Buatsi who in the division as it stands right now is, is legitimately highly ranked, you know, like transaction in the ring. But with that said, I mean, I think Aziz ends up just being a British, a British level guy and yeah, yeah. Yep. you know, he's undefeated, but you know, no real significant, no significant wins, no significant what's wins whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I think he ends up being a British level guy and, and you've got, this is where, you know, you and I keep talking, but I think you have to say it because you have to kind of hold the sport in general accountable. Like you got hardcore fans and writers, commentators, like they're they're hungry for something to talk about. So, you know, you're talking about like this Buwazi over Aziz, like it's real meaningful. You know, it's like what I said, really, again, and I know with too many weight divisions, as far as I'm concerned, you, you've got guys even in quote unquote legit top 10, which when I talk about that, I'm usually talking about, I really am talking about it's transnational the ring because you're, you're, you're not having the, the organizational nonsense and you're at least trying to have independent panels do rankings. But I think in fairness to people on the panel, which I'm one of them, I mean, when you're forced to do it in these parameters with too many weight divisions and the activities not there for a lot of these guys. And like we said about the, they don't want to fight other name opponents. You, you get, you even even in the ring and transnational, I I notice that uh, part of the problem with the way the sports at you're you're even getting people in like in the legit top ten that don't belong there, and and I'm right. not like just trying to single out Aziz. There's lots of them to me. It's a good but, example but he, though, but but he's a perfect example. Yeah. So I'm gonna so. I am gonna pick on him tonight because he just fought right. last weekend, and if it's and I'll I'll make a prediction. This is a guy that. As it plays out, I think he'll just end up being, you know, a British British level type guy. Yeah, he went the distance, but Bawati, I still think he's pretty good. And and you know, I'm I'm not really detracting anything from him on this weekend. But and you can't knock out everybody, but you know, on his way up, he's pretty pretty versatile guy. As I've said, he mm-hmm. does I'm not saying he's at all on the talent level, but just some to some degree reminds me a little bit of Holyfield of being kind of a versatile type guy with some, with some power. But we haven't, you know, he got some knockdowns late, but we haven't seen the same power from him recently. And right. you're going to okay. get that some as you go up in level. But again, like we just pointed out, I'm not sure Aziz really yeah. is a jump up. Uh, he, he may have gotten right ranked there, but he's not really a jump up from the type of guy he's been fighting. I don't think he is. So he's kind of on that same level. So, you know, Boatsy, I'm not, I'm still, but but here, it reminds me a little bit, Chris, of what we just had the week before that with the Mungia rider. And that's what I'm talking about. People who, with too many weight divisions and, and less activity than previous eras, you get people that don't really even belong there. I mean, rider was shaky. There was a couple of real sharp people before that fight that were set before them. And he retired today too, I understand. So, yep. yep. <laughs> know, no, no shocker there, but
0: right. Uh, it's good like, decision.
2: Like I said, right. Good decision. I, like I said beforehand, I thought people were going to read too much into Mungia getting that win, which they did. And then I see this, like with the Boatze Aziz, like, look, it, I, I'm just saying, if you thought, you know, you, you, your mind shouldn't have changed a lot on Boatze based on this weekend, unless right. he lost. But you know, winning and he didn't get a KO. I'm not saying get down on him because of that necessarily, but then people were saying like, Oh, I, I'm, I kind of think, you know, maybe he's, he's better than I thought or things like that. Like right, I, yeah. I don't see any read. It's just like the moongee with the rider. I don't, I don't yep. see any read from that in this. I mean, riders retired. I don't think Aziz ends up being a legit top 10 guy moving forward. He ends up being a British level guy. So, you know, we, in that sense, we were just a lot of people, Frustrated, not that much to talk about, uh, you know, a lot of delays between fights, certainly huge delays between fighters fighting really good opponents. So you end up reading things into fights that there's just not much there. Um, Yeah,
0: Boatsy, you know, recently hadn't been active, and that was a talking point, too. Yeah, I did like his performance. I liked how he pushed the pace to him instead of letting Dan be comfortable and coming with his you know with his right hand and his jab and all that. I liked how he attacked the body with both hands. He was using those angles. I thought he had some good upper body movement. I thought he looked very good, but like you said, it's still like, all right, now now let's go up a notch, you know, right. let's go against yard or let's go against one of these other fights, then we can really gauge you.
2: Right. And they're saying it. And I'll, I'll, I, I kind of will call this one in advance because we you look at them both. Like they're talking about it. Don't know if that's a fight that they could make, but I think he'll take out yard. I mean, like, sure. I, I think people also read a little bit too much in the yard where, yeah, he had those flashes against Kovalev. He had some flashes against Peter Biev, I You know, I don't think better Biev looked that good in that fight. And then people say, saying, oh, that was yard now. Now that's become like a lot of people's conclusion it was all yard but they're not again even though he just right. took out smith you got to look at better BF's be- age i mean the guy's 39 years old right even though he's very good 39 matters and i think it is comparable like i was thinking about like when you get you know you know i'm a runner and we and and you look at these tables when people get older and you know in, in the running especially they it's more measurable with the times and things and they really study these things and when he wouldn't be at that age yet at 39, but like, like this is kind of an example. Like when you get to a certain level, like in running as you're aging, like you, you lose 4% a year, like that's your average. So right. and again, it's measurable. So like you're, you could be really, so then the guys that are really good. That's
0: intense. Healthy. Wow. That's a crazy. Yeah, stat. Jeez.
2: yeah. Like, like, so of course, if you're really good and that's what really happens, like I will uh oh he's got that power that his losing and this is like all the greats really unless they've been too beat up in boxing his loss of 4% a year still puts him and he might not be losing that much at this in his 30s still but you're losing something it still puts him above everybody else but but then people they forget like he he's still losing so um that's what I just think maybe with yard I I think yard a little bit faster than some of these guys, I'm going to give him that. And I think that was sure. in the case like with the Kovalev fight. It's not that yard all arounds that good, but younger, little fat, you know, a little faster. I mean, I'll give him that. Like he might be a little faster than Buwazi, Uh, but I just think like when it gets into all around abilities, I-, I think like yards a guy that Buwatsi will take out. I'm not saying I don't want to see that fight, but. I'll, right. I'll I'll will make that I will make that call now. I'll, I'll be stuck on that one, so I'll, I can say that once in advance if it ever happens. Um, so yeah, I think. But you know, a fight like that might not might not be a bad fight. But you know, I think what does maybe play in Buatzi's favor if he can get a little bit active is uh, you would look at fighters like Bivol and better BF. I mean. Even Bivol's 33 now, so you know, and Bawatsi, uh you know, he, he's he's with all the delays and stuff. Even though he doesn't have that many fights, he's getting up there. But it's just that, there might be, there might be a surprise opening for a younger guy in the near future to pull an upset. I mean, let let's say yeah. even if better bev's able to pull it off against, you know, Bivol, that that you know he's going to be reaching 40 again. Still, no matter how good the guy is you know, the clock's gonna run out. Right. Um, and if bivol that would be a huge win, but still, uh, he relies a lot on reflexes, you know, getting in and out, hand speed. True. You know, he gets into his mid thirties. He he's good, you know, he's a guy sometimes that could be affected more by that too, because once that all of a sudden declines and then he can't he can't do that game like he was. Um it could it could just all of a sudden be one fight you know you don't see it there all of a sudden you know he can't you can't do the movements or the speed's a little off and uh, he gets you know out hustled or something or you know you know outvolumed or something like that uh we're not we're not quite there yet but uh that just leads into we've got that fight apparently is going to you know the saudis have dropped dropped the money again for that one and that's that's apparently going to be set for the spring and they've shown they can deliver the fights and they've said that they're going to put the you know queensberry match room five against five on the undercard.
0: on the undercard which i i like that i like that because i was kind of worried okay what's your guys main event gonna be here you still you know we don't have any kind of feeling out of what um the actual card's gonna look like i heard some stipulations that adi herm was like can we sign guys now, right now? For, I was like, "Well, hold on, dude. I thought you were confident in your yeah. roster. You're up here, you know, so guys." guys for, I, like, I, I almost kind of, kind of, I almost guys. kind
2: of like his spirit on that, though. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. That is true. That, but it, it you yeah. know, he was busy talking a lot of trash. Now he wants to sign guys. Like, I thought you had your stable. Well, what, you can't match your stable. So, um, but yeah, that is. It, it, it sounds like he wants to do that. But either way, um, I do like that being an interesting undercard to play with a legitimate fight at the start, knowing at the top you have a legit, you know, fight. Now, will that baby pay pay-per-view or not? We'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I do like that idea. And then, you know, the winner, this is what they're saying anyway, the, the Saudis, um the winner would then go up to cruiserweight. Remember, that was their thing. They they're gonna have him fight, the, you know, yeah. Opatia, which that's cool and that, that's fine with me. Um, but yeah. that means the belts will come loose at some point. You'd assume, and Buati, you know, is in good standing there. He's number one in two of them. He's he's top three in most all of them. Um, so if he lingers, like you said, Anthony Yards there, that Michael uh, Eifert's there. Uh, uh, Volshtek, Alexander Volshtek is still kind of there. I know he's been fighting under, under the PBC, but, um, and that's another thing. Where's Boazzi's next fight going to be? Is he going to line up? You know, are they interested in the light heavyweight division over there, or do they just want to buy, you know, certain fights? Um, that, that's what we'll find out there, but there are some, and then, you know, if, if he fought Yard, then Callum Smith could run out, and then at the end of the year, he could fight Calum Smith. He could have a big year, especially in the U.K. I mean, if he were to fight yeah. Yard and Callum Smith next, that would be that would start to really get the ball rolling as far as seeing him on uh, at least a, a notch up, that's for sure, a full notch up uh, than what he just did. And it would get the ball rolling on. Getting that energy back, like they were on him coming out of the Olympics and all that, and those are capable wins for him too.
2: Yeah, there, there, there is there. I can see where the door, if he keeps relatively active, I can see where the door is going to open for mm-hmm. him. Bivol and better BF fighting, right. and in that fight too, I was thinking, well, maybe it doesn't go with the five for five. It's a little bit of a stretch, though. I thought since obviously this is a card of, of appealing to. Hardcore boxing people with the matchroom versus Queensberry undercard. You know, Warren does work closely with Arum now uh, in terms of true what fighters are going to be shown. So even though better be as a top-ranked guy, I thought, well, Warren and Arum are working together uh, mm-hmm. with stuff in the U S and I actually have liked kind of the way that worked out because then they'll throw the war stuff on ESPN plus in the U S right. And yep. At least we get to watch it in the afternoon. So they have, they have worked in tandem for a few years now. Uh, and, you know, Bivol's with Matchroom. So it, I thought, well, you know, they're not, they're making that kind of separate because it is a legit big fight and for the legit light heavyweight title, which is great, you know, historical division, but it, it does kind of even fit the theme that way because Warren and Aram work so closely together in recent years. So it's it's a pretty good fit. And this this promotion against promotion idea, I mean, you like it, I like it. Some people uh-huh. don't, but I I like it. I mean, you know, some gimmicky things, you're like, nah, boxing is a historical sport, but this doesn't affect the integrity in the ring or anything. And it's, like you said, it's so hard yeah. to put lights together with alphabet nonsense and who cares about it anyway. They've, they've ruined any, they never really had any integrity, but any claim to it, they've ruined. So- I think ideas like this, with a little, like you said, the trash talk, the team feel. As long as the matchups are good, uh, this promotion against promotion thing, I, I think's got a lot of potential because you've seen it now for years. The, the promotions, you know, they they have almost become like it, it, it's almost like you have like say an NFL or a Premier League or or whatever analogy you want to make in boxing, but like the promotions or the franchise. The promotions or the franchise—that's that, gotcha. like what we've developed. You can say it's bad, but since that is how things, we're here. We're here. That's what I keep yeah. looking at in the last like five years or so. Especially like we're here. That hasn't changed. So let's get everybody in, into a different concept now. Where yeah, if, if PBC goes against Top Rank, a card, and and they do it like this, Queensbury against Matchroom, you know, maybe you have Golden Boy against matchroom sometime or something like that i I mean yeah let's 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 do this let's let's see how it goes i think there's a lot worse ideas i've seen thrown out there this one to me with the climate we're in for boxing i i think it's got some potential
0: yeah and and he said this on boxing king media and some other i think on on uh, matchroom as well so this is some of the the stuff that he was talking about as far as stipulations or ideas for it. And, uh, you know, this is dated a little bit um, within the week, but we, like you said, we do have news of it's going to be the undercard. So the June thing lines up as far as that, but two weight classes picked by each promoter, one put, picked by the Saudis. Hearn has suggested a transfer window window, to sign new fighters specifically for the event. Promoters name the fighters for the weight classes they pick, then opposing promoter has to find the opponent to face them. Or alternatively, Hearn has suggested keep all the fighters secret for each other until, dramatic, until a dramatic fight week pro, uh, press conference, and it's revealed that night.
2: Yeah, it sounds to me, I, I don't like that That's part getting of, a little like,
0: like okay. I, I don't like Wait, what, the way Hearn's
2: talking about What are we it doing now. here, you know? Yeah, that seems like Hearn getting a little scared. Um, look, I, I wouldn't mind if he was going to sign a guy and legitimately sign him, but I don't like the idea of Hearn talking, he's just going to sign guys just for that event only. That, that sounds like Hearn. Yeah, just to
0: get the risk, dub. Yeah, you that well, I know like I could beat him, you know.
2: That sounds like Hearn not wanting to risk meal tickets, which –
0: but he has it, you know. He has right, a track he record
2: has, of has a track record of. That's why he's talking, getting a little squeamish. I don't, you know, I don't hear Warren. <laughs> I don't hear Warren with that fear. He just let hey, Frank Warren's game.
0: been in knife fights, so you know it's a little yeah, different. Frank. I guess. <laughs> well, you <laughs> he's, know, have seen not, the worst of it.
2: I'm not what you got to say to Hearn is look, you know, and I think maybe Warren's got that understanding, and and fighters have who've come in for these matchups with the Saudis because. They're, we're not getting exact figures, but obviously the money's huge, or, right. or all these fights wouldn't be happening, and yep. the promoters letting ha- them happen, so they got to be mm-hmm. doing very well too. Yep. So that that's, where I'm, that's, where I'm, that's where I'm criticizing Hearn is like, hey, you know, the Saudis are dropping, yeah, you know, bundles of uh, bundles of cash.
0: Don't to get squeamish the, now.
2: Yeah, to make these events happen, that's the idea. Is you got to take some sacrifice you You're not even really sacrificing because you're getting paid so much, but like, yeah. maybe you have to sacrifice a meal ticket because you're getting paid so much,
0: right? Um,
2: or take a risk. Yeah, because of- it
0: can't be just all mid level fights. There has exactly. to be some where you're like, okay, dude, this is a good match. You know, it can't be all just guys that only UK people know. You know.
2: Yeah, that that's where the Saudi thing is getting a little bit of interest. Is you know they're dropping a lot of money you know, like we said, our rightful criticism was it should have been Joshua Wilder, but with that not happening, they did put a good card together.
0: Yes, they at least accommodated us.
2: And, and, you know, Bivol and Beterbiev is a fight we've wanted to see i mean somebody's you know it's like you and i said this in a way is almost it with with how maybe he's going to fight even though it's the most dangerous opponent of his career and a, a, an opponent with a 100 percent ko percentage even though he's 39 years old is you know is this going to make beevil fight some kind of an entertaining fight i mean i'm not saying brawl obviously right but, yeah but somehow make the guy dig down and and get more entertaining and, and maybe he's got to take some risks to win. I'm not saying that will happen. I don't think that's necessarily the case right. with, when, when you've gone as cautious as he has against the level of opposition he's been cautious against. Now I'm not saying I'm making a pick on that one yet because it might be hard for a 39 year old guy to to catch B But I do think there's a scenario, the more I'm thinking about it as it gets closer and apparently going to be signed where, Hey, you know, even though Bivol six years younger than you know better Biev, when, when you're that cautious, you know against a lot of lower level opposition, and you know could, obviously Canelo is not lower level opposition; he's really high level opposition. But you and I both agree, even though we both clearly had Bivol winning the fight, the 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 highlight cherry picking and editing to to make it appear like like Bivol was. You know, blistering away with these accurate combinations for twelve rounds against Canelo, and right, you know, yeah, taking these risks and anything—literally, those those edited highlights and descriptions are laughable. I mean, that's not the way the fight played out. Um As you know, you were saying before the fight, if I recall, and and you definitely both saying it afterward. You know, a little bit of that too is, of course, it's Canelo in with Bivol, but Canelo's gotten a little more one punch at a time than he was at his best. And he was definitely doing it in that fight coming off the Sanders and the plant KOs where he kind of got away with, kind of got away with some of that. So uh, just saying it, it wasn't that B was this, this punch landing machine landing hard shots or something like that. So even though Canelo's high level opposition, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think in this, lack of KO streak, we've seen Bivol do that at all, so I don't think, you know, they're, they're, he may not be able to just switch it on against, you know, better B. That, that to me, is going to be probably the main question of that fight, is, um, you know, if Bivol can switch it on some, uh, you know, he, he's got the advantage in youth, and he, he might be able to outbox them, but, you know. Where he's been squeamish, he's been squeamish relatively speaking for so long now, I, you know, if B, BF's coming after him and, and he's feeling that power, his, his offense might shrivel up, might shrivel up. Uh, yep. you know, sometimes you see that with a quote-unquote defensive master, Uh they're, all they're doing is defending, you know, and there's Great. not, yep. you know, there, there's nothing, there's nothing coming back at the other guy. So um we'll see. That's, that's some months off, but we've got some. We do have some fights coming up. What Thursday night? So
0: yeah, Thursday night we do have uh, Teofimo Lopez and uh, Jermaine Ortiz, Keyshawn Davis for his career anyway is taking a little notch step up with Jose Pedraza. They've definitely uh, they've definitely got a lot out of Pedraza. Yeah, uh, right over here. the last chunk of years, uh, he did his last outing was about a year ago. Uh, In a competitive fight against uh, Barboza. So I'm looking at it. Yeah, it was a year ago. Um, And, you know, I mean, like I said, Ramirez, Zapata, uh, Javier Molina, and Richard Comey, and, you know, obviously Loma. Um, So, you know, it's it's a good fight for for Davis, where he's at anyway. Um, And then Abdul Mason, who's a very talented youngster, um, you know, not in a step up per se, nothing like that, but he is going to be on the card. But, uh, let's talk about the, the top two. Um, you know, we'll start, maybe we could start with, uh, Keyshawn Davis, uh, you know, and Pedraza. Is Pedraza just, you know, on that last lap and he's not going to really offer much, or, you know, Ken his craftiness and, and obviously he's got a good chin and, and that he's got confidence. Um, you know, can he put up a good fight? I mean, it it seems like a good round getter for 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 Davis, who's actually gotten a fair amount of rounds, actually, uh, considering how many fights he has. What do you what do you think? Is there any kind of yeah? Because this will be his tenth fight, and he's gone the distance. You know, um, recently eight. Well, he went Burgos. He went eight rounds. Yigit. He went nine rounds, and then the last two. He went ten rounds. Obviously, his last one didn't. You know, it's a non no contest because he popped for for some some herb out there. Um, What What do you think? Is there anything in this fight rather than Davis has to look good? And then obviously, we could switch to to Lopez and uh, Ortiz.
2: I don't think there's much in it except Davis has to look good. I mean, he's a minus eleven hundred favorite. Right. Even though he's only a few fights in and he's young. People are saying it, and I do agree with this criticism. His performances have dropped off in recent fights. Now, he's young. There's plenty of time to turn it around. But for the Phenom, he looked like he was, and they stepped his opposition up early, which, Mm -hmm. as I've said many times, should be happening a lot more. He was headed for being a good example of that. But then his performances have kind of leveled off. Um, To me, he should be performing a, a bit better uh, than he has against these last couple of opponents. The one thing, I, this has hit me a little more as the fight's gotten closer. The one thing I do think is a little more interesting than maybe I thought when it was first signed is a lot of fighters will get credit for this, but they're really not that. But Pedraza probably is, which is if for some reason you went in and you don't have it or you're not ready, uh, or you have a really bad performance, he's he's surprisingly, like you said about even the Barboza fight, it's not that he's not losing, he is losing now, but I got to give it to him. Like I said, some fighters will get credit for this and they really aren't, but he's still bringing enough if you look at these fights. Yes. Like, you, know, you know, even though he's losing, he is still bringing something in these performances. I got to be fair to the guy. And like you Very said, Kyle Frank's used him a ton. I mean, he's, if if boxing yeah. had the ratings it did have on TV, Jose Pedraza would be a household name. In the right, yeah, right now with all the they time used to call
0: TV guys game. like that in the stable the janitor, like yeah. I got to clean up all these messes. Um, and you know he was competitive against Ramirez as well. I mean, yeah, he does put up a good fight, and he is crafty. He does have skill. I mean, it's legit, legit skill.
2: Yeah, he's uh, he, he has he has brought enough and he got the big upset well, well to me i think the odds were close but it wasn't upset to me and i think he might have been a slight underdog you know he be, he beat um you know julian rodriguez from new jersey oh, hammerhand yep. who you know now he didn't he looked terrible in that fight and it was a horrible flop but i but i got to be you know got got to always stay straight i mean i liked rodriguez going up to that fight i i thought he right. looked good as a prospect, you know, I, I thought he could do it against Pedraza and, you know, he failed miserably. And that's one fight that stays in mind because I did like Rodriguez that, um, you know, Pedraza and because Pedraza has seemed to stay pretty close to that level since even with losses. You yeah. know, I don't I don't think at all that's going to happen to Davis, but Pedraza hasn't looked completely shot even in these losses, yeah, it's
0: been. You're right. It's been a, a gradual, but it hasn't. There hasn't been a drop off where you're like, yeah, he needs to hang him up or anything like that.
2: Exactly. Where if he stays like he has been, at least the tiny, tiniest bit of interest is that outside of just Davis looking good, is that maybe if Davis came really unprepared, uh, right? You know, Pedraza seems to be bringing enough, or or maybe if Davis has had these, sometimes this happens too, maybe these performances Davis has had where he hasn't looked as good turned out to be, he wasn't as good. He wasn't as good. as We thought he was.
0: Um, Yep. Or he could try to shine more and come a little too aggressive and then all of a sudden get put in his place right there in the ring. You know, you never know. But I think where
2: the real opportunity is here, even though we're talking positively about Pedraza, the way he's been able to keep performing despite losing Mm is look because of because Pedraza has been like we said he's been, um this really is a chance for Davis to get back on track. Like, be aggressive, yeah. Get go for the stoppage here. I mean, like, yeah. Try to, I mean, really only only Tank has blown out. Pedraza. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He so, even
0: fought game against Loma. Yeah.
2: Right. So you know th- this. When a guy's getting older, I don't like to read too much into those things, but still, it is an entertainment business. It's a marketing business. This is an opportunity, you know. Davis, uh, excuse, you, you know, on ESPN, mm-hmm. Keisha on a chance to, uh, you know, get the momentum back, like like a stoppage over Pedraza, where he looks really impressive. You, you hate to say he needs it because it's the type of thing where if he fights in six months and it's a better opponent, he stops him or something. Of course, you're going to be on his Right. Back. Yeah. yeah right. So, you know, he's young, like you said, 10 fights, but although on the other side of the coin, look, uh, maybe in a way, kind of a good example, like, you know, Berlanga had everybody talking and, yep. not, you know, even knocking people out, even though it was lower opposition than what Davis is facing, but still, and then it stalled out. He got dropped by Top Rank, which pretty dramatic for the TV ratings he was getting. And you know, Matchroom picked yeah. him up. But still, like it did. I, what I'm saying is, it, it, the the performances not up to snuff time after time. Did end up catching with him and catching up with him. And y- you mm-hmm. could also argue that that is really even more of a factor with Top Rank because right or wrong. Uh, and it surprises me about them is w- in recent years, even when they've taken time out to get a fighter exposed on ESPN, if if they didn't feel like they were showing enough, they drop
0: them. Yeah, they get the yank. They'd yeah. Get right do, off of that shit.
2: Unlike the other promoters, they, they do talk about, sometimes when you hear it described with them is they just, opposite of pbc and i I prefer a bigger roster from these promotions so they can make better in-house fights and stuff but the top rank philosophy is apparently to to not have a really big overall roster so right right that's where these guys if they're not performing even when they've had espn appearances they're going to drop them so i'm not saying davis is their next fight or anything but no but yeah
0: it's an example though happened to Berlang happened to Berlang, so
2: it can happen. And they believed
0: in him as a potential ticket seller too in New York. So, I mean, right. you know, they were hoping <laughs> that that was going to work out, you
2: know? Definitely. And he had the ratings. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, when, when actually the more we think about it out loud with top rank, it, it might be getting pretty important for Davis because he's, he's right. Yeah. Co feature spots and, you know, they're doing that where they figure they're giving you exposure. And that's probably the way they look ahead like, hey, even though we haven't really been able to do any successfully it's, it's still a pay-per-view game in the long game and and if you can't show potential that you're going to be able to headline a pay-per-view someday uh, we're we're not going to keep running you out there but you mentioned Abdul Mason. now with he's he's knocking people out looking good and uh that's you know that's what you really you got to you you, you got to do especially in this climate if you want to I mean, you can be a boxing skill doing it like he's had, but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to you, you got to take out.
2: advantage. The the yeah, you got to stand out. These 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 opportunities got to mean something. And you know, you, Shakur Stevenson's taken a lot of heat for it lately. And I'm not saying he shouldn't, but he's you know he's not the only one by far. And that's why I keep bringing Bevall up because they you know then you got some people. Well, sure, Shakur Stevenson's supposed to be this. Disaster, but you give Bivol a free pass, right? Yeah. you know, stinking it out. Let's face it, really stinking it out. Much for later five in years. his
0: career, too.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Way later in his career. And, and Steven and Stevenson at least has had moments. He's getting some ratings. I mean, you know, B, Bivol can't draw anything anywhere. I mean, right. he fights on matchroom, fights on match, fights on matchroom undercard. If fights on he was on his undercard of the Saudi card. I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't a co-headliner or, or uh, anything like that. I mean, you know, he's fighting Lyndon Arthur, you know, a few, a few fights down the court and he's, he's fought below Campbell Hatton. So it speaks for itself. Just, you gotta entertain, like, you know, other fighters will even say it. So you can't say, well, you're not in there and everything. Hey, you know, other, other pro fighters say it, you know, you're not, it's an entertainment business. You gotta, you gotta entertain or, or bring something to the table at some
0: point. Yeah, and, you know, speaking of these two young fighters that they're going to showcase, um, there's a good chance that those will be the best ratings, too. Because, you know, it's going to go, that night it goes, it's a triple header. It starts early, but the, well, the fight doesn't start early, but the triple triple header does. So it starts with the women's basketball game. Then it goes to hockey. And hopefully it doesn't go to overtime. Now, they do have different overtime rules now for a while, so that would actually get over quicker or whatever. People like to watch the shootout if it goes there, you know, after the little time frame of OT. But so a lot of times, especially during the week, you know, the first fight or the second fight are actually higher rated than the main event a fair amount of times this is happening. I could see this happening on a Thursday night. Now, TO has been – on you know u.s networks for a while now um so maybe that'll help them but uh you know it it, we'll see we'll see how this goes we'll see how this rating is too on a thursday night it is super bowl the ticket sales have been okay they didn't they didn't uh i think they measured it for scaled it for like 5300 or something like that hopefully they can get You know, I don't know how many people are actually in town on a Thursday night for the Super Bowl, like celebrities. I'm sure they'll get some, though. Um, And I wouldn't doubt if people that are are there working in media and are just around the game a lot, doing interviews and doing that. If they're not there, they're still celebrities, but they're also kind of working the the Super Bowl. So it'll be kind of interesting in general. Tiafimo does have, you know, has that huge rating that he got coming out of COVID 2020 against Loma and stuff and a great performance. So yeah, we'll see. Let, let's let go into the main event. Tiafema Lopez coming off his win in the summer. I think it was June. Uh, you know, a very quality win looked his old self against Josh Taylor. Um, him and Ortiz, although I think there's a level there, they kind of fight somewhat similar. um, They also kind of depend on their reflexes a little too much, so they do kind of can get countered coming in or trying to jab step it in, they can get countered. Um, But, you know, the one thing I'll say about Lopez is his, you know, the inconsistency. You know, he's coming off Taylor, looked really great in the fight, dominated him, and then now – he says it's his best camp. He says a lot of, you know, the distraction as far as his, his, you know, his dad, coach, head coach, that's a little, it feels like they're in a better place. And to be fair, they have been honest when they haven't been in a good spot. So I kind of believe they've kind of both kind of grown up a little bit. Some of it's been they had to face fact. He's even talked about this instead of trying to ask for these crazy purses that are never going to happen. He's come back down to earth. He realizes what he has to do. Um, but it is that inconsistency that, you know, in that fight, he doesn't look good, good. But then when it's under the lights, well, this is lights because it is on ESPN and all that. But what do you think going to happen in this fight? How do you see this fight? Because on paper, Tio should win this fight.
2: I see it like the way you're alluding to Chris, and you did remind me of something. we We have to, we have to be fair. Tia Fimo Senior proved back in the corner, you know, himself with with Tia in the Josh Taylor fight that they can they can do it as a they can do it as a team. Right, a lot of people got to be fair to say no, his father and there's no way and a crazy right, father. Yeah. And they, well, then then they're there you're know, whipping Josh Taylor. Totally dominating him, uh, yeah. Very close to a stoppage to me. I think he was extremely. He close hit him
0: with some stoppage. big, big shots.
2: Yeah, uh, very close to stopping him. Great performance. So, yeah, but like you said, the in, the inconsistency, and I'm looking, you know, the first six rounds against Cambosos because really he was his old self in the second half, but it was just a little too just true. Just a That's a good point. Yep. Right. Um, and then. You know the Sandor Martin, but I'm in the the camp, and you know I've been open about that. I I am in the camp where I I don't feel like Martin's a guy that that comes to fight and he just defend he just defends and he's pitter pattering. Yeah, he got official knockdowns, but I, I was thinking about that when knowing today we're going to talk about that. Um, did it, did anybody think Lopez was hurt at all with those? Right, you know, yeah. he tried sure. to make the guy fight rushing in and a little bit off balance. So, but, but those were the, those are the two fights that stick out. Um, The Nakathila, you do feel like he's a guy you should have stopped. It wasn't his best performance. You could throw that in the inconsistency bin too, but then you've got performances like the Lomachenko, the blasting away, Menard, Comey, you know, then, you know, Josh Taylor. These are like really outstanding Upper level, not you know, not saying that you know Menard and Comey are on the level with the other guys, but but the way he dispatched them, and then showing it's not a fluke with the way he he was able to fight against Lomachenko and Taylor, when he's at the top of his game, he's still young, you know, 26, I guess. The talent level's there, and they even proven his Taylor fight; he can do it with just his dad in the corner. Because I was crediting Gamash. You know, he had Gamash in the corner with Lomachenko, and but now you see, like, look, it's not necessarily even that Gamash was there. It's just the the up and down, uh, whatever it's going on with Tio there. So yeah, I'm analyzing kind of the same way. You know, in a way, I it's not the same fight, um, but it remind it does to me. It's it's just in that sense, like I was given the analysis of the Keyshawn Davis and the Pedraza it does remind me a bit of that, like like Jermaine Ortiz is a guy that he does bring enough to the table that if you don't bring, you know, it. it and sometimes, again, they, they'll overrate a lot of fighters like that who really aren't a threat, even if you don't have your A game, but guys like Pedraza, this is the best thing I can say about these two fights for Thursday, I think guys like Pedraza and Jermaine Ortiz, they are those guys, like, I mean, Jermaine Ortiz, if you don't bring your A game, you know, he's, he was close yeah. to even with Machenko. I mean, if you don't bring your your A game with him, uh, you know, he, he can beat you. And I think yeah. he's better, you know, to me, he's better than a Sandor Martin because he's got better offensive skills and he can box as well. Yep. So mm-hmm. he's, he brings more than Sandor Martin does um, now. And you know what? I, I will go this far. Some people say, oh, but, you know, you look at the performances uh, of his even though the opposition, well, the Maxi Hughes opposition wasn't that good, but you know, who I'm referring to is Cambosos. I mean, when I really think about it, I mean, could I would I feel comfortable saying Jermaine Ortiz might be better than Cambosos? Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go out on that limb and say that. So, I think you know Jermaine Ortiz checks the boxes that if Lopez isn't ready Thursday night it could happen to him again. He, you know, give you a little example of that he he's not as big of a favorite over Jermaine Ortiz as Keyshawn Davis is over Pedraza. I mean, you know, four different guys, but it is, that is somewhat interesting, you know, to me, I think it to be, should be to everybody else too. I think Lopez is a minus 700 and Davis is a minus 1100. So. Yep. You know, the The odds makers are looking at it saying, yeah, you know, Lopez has had the, inconsistencies at times and, you know, Ortiz is the guy that brings something to the table and if you don't have your A game he can beat you, so that's the intrigue to this fight, um, and I think Jermaine Ortiz should be good enough to go the distance too, even if Lopez has his A game, I mean, I think Tiafimo's pop is real, I think he was very close to stopping Taylor uh, so, I, you know, no doubt he can hurt you, even at 140 pounds, but uh so I I guess really Lopez making a statement in this fight would be if he if he stops him. I, I don't think he will. I think I think what's most likely here is Lopez brings enough, uh, but Ortiz is skilled enough, you know, Jermaine Ortiz is skilled enough to hang in there and go the distance. Um right. and it, uh, I, I think that's what I think is the most likely scenario. Now and this one with the inconsistencies Tefemo's had, you, he is a guy you want to see what he what that weigh-in is tomorrow. I mean, is, is there anything where he has trouble making the weight or something? Because that is always a clear sign the door's open. If he has trouble making the weight, then then you got to say it's more likely Ortiz can be competitive. You know, Jermaine Ortiz can be competitive and have the upset shot that Lopez might not have his A game. But if Lopez makes way easily with, with the talent and the power and the skill he has, I would think that he could win a clear decision under those circumstances. But Jermaine Ortiz is good enough. He's a quality enough opponent. And that's where the fight is a little better than I initially thought when Sign When it was signed, I was like, eh, I know some other All people right. maybe more into it. But as it's getting as both of these fights are getting closer, they are on ESPN, I'm like, you know, these are opponents that if you don't bring your A game, they are capable of upsetting you, even though the odds are, are are pretty long. So they're not 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 bad. The closer we're getting to them, not bad fights. But like you said, I, you know, I'm always a big critic of. I know it's in Vegas. I know you got casino crowd you want there, especially in a Super Bowl weekend. These fights have done well in the past, but that's part of the appeal. Like you said, people getting in gamblers getting into town. They want to catch a live event like boxing while they're there waiting for the Super Bowl does tend to work, but even though it's on regular ESPN, again, I, I just think, you know, Tiafimo Lopez, th- this is the stuff that does bother me. You know, Tiafimo Lopez is an East Coast guy, and Jermaine Ortiz is an East Coast guy. He's also from the Northeast, and, and you're going to run a fight in the middle of the night in the East Coast. Right. You're really you're just totally ignoring the TV aspect of it. And the East Coast, with all the population, the boxing history, even though it's not what it was, it's not that way in anywhere in the country. So there's still more of a foothold for it there than there are in other parts of the country to just give it up, basically, by running it that late. Uh, Even if it was a Saturday, frankly, but then especially on a weeknight, I just think that's a shame because Tiafimo Lopez is one of the few fighters out there today. That has shown promise in the ratings, and and I mentioned it before, but it's just anecdotal. But it matters because I'm not having it happen anymore, like it used to. Even as boxing has become more niche, when yeah. he was fighting Taylor, I was at my niece's track meet in New Jersey, in, in central Jersey, and I heard people in the stands saying Tiafimo Lopez is fighting tonight. And he's from the New York that, area recently, but I don't yeah. hear that anymore. You know, so yeah, um,
0: and he got actually good- does mean something. Yeah, yeah, and he definitely. got
2: compared to compared to what everybody else is getting. Even though it was a really good fight with Taylor, he did get a good rating compared to what everybody else is getting, even with the Taylor fight. So I hate to see yeah. that squandered, even against an opponent like Jermaine Ortiz. Because at least Jermaine Ortiz is also from the Northeast. Just seems like he could do something better. Better with that. I mean, in person. I think the, the Super Bowl weekend thing does work. That's like a, even though it's a small venue, that's still like a live gate thing gamblers. That'll get people talking in Vegas. I think it like works in Vegas. I've been there for those types of things. And I think you sure. in 2024. I think that works in Vegas, but I don't think it works on the TV aspect. And like you said, if he, it, it, that fight's going to be second, you know, after Davis and Pedraza, which is probably likely to go to the distance. So I, I, I hate to see the the TV opportunities squandered i I just think it is going to catch up with things where, I, you know, I really wonder if this top-ranked deal is going to continue much longer with ESPN.
0: Sure. And I just looked at it. So the main event averaged 945 and it peaked at 980. And that's just, you know, the ESPN. So you you got to figure it was over a million when you add ESPN Plus and there, something like that, you know. Yes. So that is really, that is a very, and Taylor's a legit guy. Um, so obviously, you know, he was the guy. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. It'll be interesting to see if Lopez can get the dub where he'll go because there was talks about, you know, Supero Matias and this and that and um, Haney and, you know, um, it sounds like Matias, Matias' people came out um, in him, came out uh, recently and kind of broke down all three of the offers that they have on the table. I don't know if you saw this today on good old boxing Twitter, but let me break it down for you real quick. Cause um, now, now obviously it's a, it's a, it's a one-sided source, right? So we're not going to you know go crazy with it, but it, it kind of lines up. Um, so Sabril said the top rank negotiation didn't work out because they wouldn't um, guarantee a Tio fight, which, you can't technically and on paper guarantee the next fight, you know? But um, basically, they'd give him Steve Claggett first just to get him a fight, and then they were looking to match with Tia Fimo in the summer. And so that, that's that's the, the top-ranked side. Um, it sounds like... Because um, Jake Donovan had that article uh, the other day saying that he's in deep talks with Matchroom, and that sounds like where it would be and because uh uh liam perro is his mandatory right so that that would make sense because i i believe he's already with matchroom he got you know an undefeated fighter but then over there you do have richardson hitchens i guess technically caterall pro grace um dalton smith is a guy coming up but also maybe haney because we do know him and Eddie have at least some sort. We don't know if Eddie has an option on him. Or whatever off the last fight with Pro Gray. I'm assuming so. Because the way they, he always talks about we can make that fight. I got money for that fight. So there's at least a good relationship. The interesting thing is. There was no, um, there was no offer for Roley. Or tank, he wanted tank to come up to 140, which obviously everybody wants to fight tank for the money. But also, Roly, will no, we know they had other plans for Roly at the PBC now, we know their their plans. But the PBC did offer two fights Stanonius and Boots Ennis. That were the two fights that he could have had if he decided to just to, to you know fight on the PBC. So he'd be going up and he has talked about a little bit about going up to welterweight, but, um, so that's where, you know, I don't think the Matias fight, you know, in, you know, Madison square garden to get the Puerto Rican fans pumped up. I don't believe that would be next. Um, but you know, there are names out there, obviously it just, you know, lately Lopez has been talking about Crawford. Uh, so, Obviously, we don't have to deep dive because this will be something we talk about last week. But I did want to kind of breeze it by you because it was kind of, it does sound like Matias is going to line up, get his mandatory out of the way and sign more than likely what it seems like a, a multiple fight deal with matchroom
2: Yeah, well, for me, the, the PBC deal would, is kind of the only one that was, is kind of believable in a sense. Not that he might not sign with Matroom, but. Right, yeah, yeah it would be the kind of guys that he'd be fighting maybe like uh, Claggett or, or Paro or somebody like that, because I'm going to say this, even though he's getting an advanced age for his style, uh, nobody's going to want to fight Matias right now. Uh, right. But I feel, I feel confident of that. I mean, they're not going to say that openly, but that's why the PBC was a little believable because like PBC saying like, well, that's almost like the old school thing. Like, well, you would have to go up and wait and fight the other guys we have that nobody else wants to fight. Right, like, yeah, exactly, yep. Ennis and Staniotis, like, that actually is like an old school thing that makes sense, like, nobody wants to fight Ennis. so we can and make people, people move would up be and like, fight.
0: okay, I'll watch those fights. Those are good ass Yeah,
2: people fights. would be like,
0: no? I'll, I'll yeah. watch that, and PBC
2: right. would, would make it because then they'd be saying, well, the guy's got to move up weight, so we're not. Asking too much out of Ennis or Standiunas, even though right. it could still potentially be a tough fight. But like these one hundred and forty guys,
0: I got you frozen again, John. Um, last time it did it real quick, and it went. Oh, there we go. All right. I got
2: you back. I got you back. Yeah, yeah, just saying. And so I, I just think for me with Matias right now, I mean, this could happen at his age for the style he fights, but he's not showing the slippage yet and I right. think with the kind of damage he's been doing to opponents, uh yeah. fighters got to think about their career. Let's face it, I mean, you're not gonna say it. It's not that if there was enough money there, but you know, you're you're not gonna get, I'll make up an outrageous number, but to give you an example, like, yeah, sure, if somebody gives you 20 million, you're going to fight Matias, I mean, right, We yeah. know how it works, like, but you're, or you're even not five
0: million or something like that, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're,
2: right. But you're, you're not like fighting in this climate now. The guys we're talking about, like the, the upper level guys, they're not going to fight him for like a million, you know, right? <laughs> not gonna yep. fight probably for like a million. Uh, now maybe some low that's and that's probably the kind of guys they're getting in there. Like, if it's a lower level guy and they're overpaying the lower level guy where it's not that much. Uh, relatively speaking, get them in there, but nah, no, nobody, you know, nobody who's got any kind of name, I don't think is really going to be right now until he shows slippage. It's going to, if he starts slipping, it's going to yeah. be different. He, he hasn't he shown is on a slip. run
0: ever since yeah. he lost. He's right. really on a run. No. Exactly. That,
2: you know, he, he no. just too much, too much. He's devastating people too much right now. That uh, anybody's going to want to, anybody who's got other options is going to want to get in with them.
0: Yeah. And that's the worry is, God, you hope he doesn't sign a matchroom, get the a decent fight. And then, like, you know, is Hitchens going to, would he spite him? You know, that would be a good fight. If yeah. Good fight. Him, style like I you no. said. Um, but uh, those other names, it's like, yeah, I mean, sure. But those aren't the names. Right, they're not boots and Stanonius, That's for damn sure. If right. those are on the table, um, then and he's the one who said it. You right, know, PBC doesn't talk about this stuff, so I believe it because of what you said and he said it. So he 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 was open about the matchups. Uh, they made it sound like you know TF they they wanted a different fight for Teofimo, and you're right. I mean, the whole boogeyman thing gets played out. But there are definitely guys that are just high risk, mediocre, or same level return that I can get to fight so and so. Because my my minimum is right. this. So I know exactly. I can get this. So yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of an interesting one there. But man, like Boots or Stanonia, sign me up for that fight. Those would be two great fights. Cause, you know, that's high action fights, too.
2: Yeah, that's that's good high stuff. level
0: and freaking like stylistically, man. That would be fun. But yeah, it sounds like it sounds like the deeper talks. The way Jake made it sound is he is going to sign with Matchroom, and maybe Matchroom is going to give him with the zone a little bit more of a bump up per fight. You know, maybe that's why he'd go there. Uh, you know, it's tough to say.
2: Well, the one value the guy does have. If you wanted to look at another way, and I don't know if this is what Matchroom's looking to do with him, probably not. But I, I would like, you know, you, you might because, like we said, with boxing fans star for entertainment and things like that, you know, maybe, maybe the more creative option is like you, you just make make Matthias the guy for as long as he's gonna last. Like, right? Yeah, you, know, yeah. make, you fight the best lesser. You keep just finding the best quality, which kind of is what they've done with the fights he's had lately. The best quality lesser name guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, just having trouble yeah. getting
2: fights and put him in action fights mm-hmm. as long as they last and just make him the you know make him the guy you know right. kind of you know like that's what's too bad you top he, he went to PBC um, he was with top rank like you know what better guy would there be to be highlighting you know, like an, an ESPN card. Every six months, like they're kind of doing that. Right. Navarrete, a good guy like that. Like, imagine if you had yep. Matias to do it too. That's almost what we might need to get to more. So, if there's anybody at all still just kind of surfing around,
0: yeah, it's going to be explosive. Oh, all right. So he, oh, there we go. I got you back. I got you back. Yeah.
2: There we go. Just saying that that when we're talking about TV slots, but Matias would be a good guy for some. Yeah. Exposure TV slots for for fans to come across him,
0: and you can use that Berlanga angle, but it's the you know it's at right. the topper, it's the higher level
2: to right. where he's
0: coming and he's gonna yeah. take shots. We already know he can take shots, and he's gonna get hit a lot too. So yeah, mm-hmm. it is it is all action. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. So um, we'll see. I mean, you know, part of Richard Hitchens signing with Matchroom is because he thought he could get pro Greg or he thought he could get Haney or he thought he could get some of these deals. So maybe it's like, Hey man, well, this is what you got. You know, you're not mm-hmm. going to get those other fights now. So let's see if he steps up, you know?
2: Right. The more I'm thinking about it, I'm in the camp, it's on and off, but I actually, with their amateur rivalry, I actually think Haney and Garcia should just fight Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I mean, he can sell it. Uh, they've got amateur history. They're both Americans.
0: It just lines up.
2: It just it li- to me it lines up. Oh. Some people say no, no, I don't want to see this. So like I'm like, nah. It li-, when you look at the marketing part, it, it lines up. Mm-hmm. These fights can slip away. Even if with you President. want
0: big fights for Haney, well, this goes a long way in his profile continuing yeah. upwards. You know,
2: I'd say make that fight now. I mean, uh, why not?
0: Yeah. Well, they've been talking a lot about it online. They're behind closed doors. Let's see if they actually stay there for a little bit. Right. Um, Any other items, though, John? I think we covered a fair amount. Just
2: Um, just real briefly, the Fury cancellation.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I want to
2: say no surprise, but the, the only part that's surprising is that, you know, the Saudis obviously have been able to deliver... These fights that you—I was just wondering at first, but they've—they've they've proven that. So just saying, we know that they've been putting up the money, and it, it's nothing with them. So, I like I always say, you don't—you know—fighters can make a reason for not doing it, but we don't—we don't get to hear from the doctors, we don't get to see the medical records. And I'm not saying Fury's right. not. I'm just saying who knows? You could yeah, say yeah. he's not, but we don't know um, for sure. He might be cut or. I I would say, you know, either he he just got a cut and, and, you know, it's not a conspiracy theory thing or, you know, with the way he looked against Nugano and he obviously wasn't in great shape when they were talking about him coming back February 17th and having to train through the holidays, which he would get there. That didn't seem realistic, but then you're thinking about all this money the Saudis are putting up, but Tyson Fury could maybe be the one exception. Uh, We don't know what these, fighter spending habits are and that's true of all people. You know, you can make a lot, spend a lot, but we know Fury has made, you know, he's made the money. Yeah, yeah. Forbes list so you know Wilder, Joshua Fury, those guys have made the money. So, you know, you you with Tyson Fury, it's a little different where, you know, this this guy has gotten fifty million dollar paydays already. So uh he might be in a different place than, than some, than some of these others. He may still want that payday, but about how much he needs it, not saying he won't fight Usyk, but maybe he didn't want more time to get ready. Um, We just, you know, we don't know. He's either cut or I figure he, he just didn't feel he could, he could really get ready that maybe he thought, but you know, I was thinking the Nugano fight, he wasn't, didn't look in great shape. wasn't at his worst, gotta say in weight but still didn't didn't look good
0: yeah didn't look like he could be active as a as a fighter you know like throwing punches you know he should have been just dancing with the jab it didn't look like he wanted to move or jab a lot you know
2: right and he's not really high volume despite his style so um then then you're then i was thinking you know these guys are obviously human human beings i mean you had the holidays. So like right, if yeah. he was going to then get ready for February 17th with the way he'd been, I thought that w- that when that date was announced, I thought Fury's going to, Fury's going to train through Christmas and, and new years and uh, you know, get into better shape, better shape than he was. Right, I thought, yeah, yeah, That seems like a stretch. And so I, I don't know, you know, could, it could be either he just simply got cut and there's no other explanation. If that's not the case, I would say, it would to me. It would be a conditioning type thing where he's got plenty of money and and maybe he was saying, "Hey, I I'm, I'm I can't get really ready by February seventeenth. Uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pick another date here." Um
0: It and does then suck I thought, because it's a big hole in the calendar. You know, it's it leaves a large hole in the calendar in February. That's for sure.
2: Well, and then I'll just enclose because fans taking their sides to me this was ridiculous though and I saw a lot of this in the last like two days um so now uh, you know apparently Usyk was not there for the the birth of a child because you know he's saying because of the Fury training camp and I'm saying you may not like Tyson Fury but but don't don't tell me it's Tyson Fury's fault that Alexander Usyk wasn't there for the right. Yeah, the first, yeah, yeah, it was one of his one of his children. Okay, come on, let's let's not try to make the narrative like Fury's the bad guy. I mean, give give, me right. a, give me great people. That's that's Usyk's decision. You know,
0: he had some time to know when his wife <laughs> was <laughs> pregnant. Yeah, when that's the what, fights I mean, lining up, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, like, come on, what what is this? Nineteen fifty? You know, I mean, right. like. I mean, I know it's still boxing and boxers, and a lot of money at stake, but like,
0: I, I mean, yeah, let's not. I'm not going to put that. On. I'm not
2: putting that one on Tyson Fury, and I'm not going to get riled up if this fight right. does come <laughs> off in the you know, later in the year because some people are, are claiming somehow that Tyson yeah, yeah. Tyson Fury made Usyk, you know, miss the birth of a child. So that's that's not going to be to be the motivator for me in this uh, in this fight if it ends up coming off.
0: Yeah, they're, they're talking about that they already got a date quick. And and then they did that quick little interview or kind of back and forth where it was, you know, him saying if there's anybody else that pulls out, it's like automatic $10 million to the next guy or something. It's like, I mean, you got to put that on paper. You can't just say that. but Exactly. Yeah, it, it, it was his way of proving, hey, Fury did get cut. This is not bullshit. Blah blah blah. Here I'll, I'll go this extra route, and people are gonna whatever he says now. People are just gonna, you know, believe it because they got so much money, you know. Right. Yeah. All right, John. Well, you uh, have yourself a good uh, week. Enjoy the fight Thursday night, um, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.
2: All right, Chris. Talk right. to you soon.
0: Yep. Take it easy. Thank you. All right. So, given my thoughts here on the oops on this fight. Um, I do think Keyshawn's going to win, but I like this fight. I think it is actually a really good step up for him. And this is just a game guy in his 10th fight. It could, I'm not going to say it could get weird. <laughs> well, he's kind of a weird dude. but uh, And I mean that in a good way. Um, But, yeah, I think he's going to lose some rounds. You know, I'd like to see him lose some rounds so we can see more from him. I'm not saying I want him to lose. But you know what I'm saying. Um, I'm going to actually name the article that I do, a prediction article that I post on uh, The Grilling Truth and Phil Boxing and uh, Eastside Boxing. Anything he can do or anything you can do, he can do better. And that's kind of what anything that Jermaine Ortiz can do, Teofima Lopez can do better. But, you know, they are – they do have similar styles, like I said. Um, you know, both of them are good athletes. Both of them can, you know, put their punches together and, you know, like put some power punches together, explosiveness. Um, both are kind of risk-takers at times with their hands low and 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 making them both open the counters. Um so, and I think some of the risk-taking that they... It's funny because both of them have some some good footwork where you're like, oh, wow. And some just, like, bad habits, whether it's offense or defense, coming forward, going back. They do kind of get tied up in their feet a little bit, and they're susceptible. The counters are just big shots. Um, Now, I think Teo is has better reflexes I think um his upper body movement when he when he has it going is better I think he's a he has better timing um we've talked you know I just talked about how they could be counter punch. I think he's a better timing timed fighter you know a better counter puncher right um who's gonna establish a jab though you know I think that is a key there too, because both of them kind of do that front foot jab. It gets them countered, but they can really land it well. Um, I feel like you'll you'll see Ortiz, it may be like in the middle of the ring, just getting past this, the opening round, feeling each other out opening rounds, minutes, whatever it's going to be. So I think you'll see Ortiz press first early in the fight versus Lopez, right? Um, and, you know, like John just said and many other, he did win plenty of rounds against Lomachenko and looked really good coming forward as well. Um, now, he did get caught admiring his work a fair amount in that fight after a while. But my point is, I think eventually it will be Teofimo Lopez that dictates the the pace he's going to dictate not from the jump but I think ultimately he'll he will whether that he can and that's the thing he can be at range not jogging away or nothing like that but at range and and just do kind of the Roy Jones-esque hands down but also block shots I notice sometimes he'll block shots with two hands and leave his body wide open. Um, now you can, I don't think you can continually go down, especially in combination on Lopez without getting countered. And I would say his, you know, his explosive punching and hand speed and all that, like I said, timing, I'd say his is up a notch. Um, But both of them, you know, like really, quick combinations um I, I do think ortiz showed you know at the high level that you know he got off to a great start he held his own throughout the fight like i said those quick combinations uh, both of them have their hands down like i mentioned though so um i just think if his head's on straight right and he's not trying to uh because neither guy like i mentioned are great Defensive fighters as far as the fundamentally type defensive fighters, but he tail can just do the, like when he had Taylor in the corner, you know, he'd he'd land his right hand and just duck to the left a little bit to get out of the way of the counter left hook, which is, you know, a bread and butter of of Taylor's. I just think it takes him a little bit to figure it out. He's going to take his time, but he's going to be landing the bigger punches. And so I do think it'll go the distance. And now Ortiz, although he's been fighting at 135 in his big fights, right, He's I think he's both in the top 10. I think he's 10th, actually, both uh, the transnational rankings and also uh, the ring. Um,
2: But he has
0: fought, like, multiple fights above 135. He's fought at 140 as well. Now, it's not on the same level, obviously, but like I said, Lomachenko, that was at 135, obviously, but he has fought at 140 before. It's not like he's going to be in there um, lost, you know what I mean? It's just the competition level. That's that's the key there. Um, You know, he did have that draw a few years back now against Adorno, Um, but yeah, if you look at his last fight, he weighed in at 137. Um, He has fights before, like as a prospect at, at one, I think he, I think he's weighed at yeah, 139. This is in 2019. Um, oops. Yeah, a couple of, actually, yeah, he fought a guy that was 141 uh, in 2009 as well, so. So, yeah, he's been kind of bouncing up and down a little bit. I'm not saying that, you know, well, he's a top 10, he's a 10th rated fighter, or maybe some people put him even higher, um, you know, at 135, that that he's going to be okay there, no problem. But I I don't think he'll have a big problem. But I do think um, it is going to be a decision. And, you know, if you are high, if you think Tia Fimo's going to, he's looking ahead at some kind of big matchup. He's calling out Crawford. I mean, shots out to the UK, William H, uh, plus 600. Um, FanDuel, four, plus 460. BetMGM, plus MGM, plus 450. Same with DraftKings. Um, you know, when you break it down, even like, like I'm on my bookie right here, uh, the over under. Under is plus one seventy five. So if you're really believing in a knockout, especially with Lopez, you know that's good. Plus three ninety at at my bookie. um, By decision, if you if you like them to win, plus six seventy five. I know you can get it higher too. Minus one thirty five is probably the bet I'll go with, and that's female by decision. Um. But that is something, you know, to look at. We do have um Harvey Doc as the ref, Steve Weinsfeld, uh, Tim Cheatman, Ch- and David Sutherland. So it's, you know, that'll work as far as uh you know the uh the referees. But yeah, I like Tia female to get the job done or, um I'm not gonna say in just you know crazy fashion or anything like that, but, but yeah, we'll see, um, we'll see, you know, what happens and where he goes, Tia Fimo was actually talking about, you know, Matias, like he's soft and the Puerto Ricans are easy to beat, he's talking, he's calling shit out about the Puerto Ricans, man, I don't know, but, you know, the the one thing, you know, he he holds over Matias' head was, he was offered the fight, but Matias' hand was, had a little issue and then, you know, now he's got that mandatory, so he's going he's gonna to do that fight, which I don't think that's a bad fight at all, um, is mandatory. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see uh, where it's at. Uh, Fred says, um, he said, I don't know if there's any price cuts on his tweet um, for Ortiz, Lopez Ortiz, but it's scaled for a, a little over 5000 5114 with a potential gate of eight thirty dollars Uh, 834,000, that's like the the top. That includes comps, media employees, etc. The Benavidez-Andre fight scaled for 11,000 with the potential for 3.5. That's what he's saying. Um, So, yeah, I kind of already went over the Sabriel Matias. You know, um, I I don't know if that, you know, Bill Haney came out and said, hey, we're ready to offer him. Let's do a pay-per-view. With Matias. So is that around like possible? Sure, that's possible. But I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not sure about that. one, And I don't think he's tied up like long term by any stretch or anything like that. So um, this week and also Jim Carras says uh, there's a matchup Abdullah and Gutierrez. A top fifteen ranked lightweight contender. our Abdullah returns against uh Roger Gutierrez. This one's in Russia. So Romanov, I think it's Romanov is a, a prospect at one sixty eight. Or no, that's a heavyweight, and then there's a one sixty eight prospect too. So that's something to look at as far as uh you know, going on um for the weekend. Um, you know, the Technically there's a card going on right now. Um uh, but yeah, you have you do have other cards out there. Um from the O2 Arena. There is a there are card, Dillion uh, and Belletta. I think it is Belletta. Um Shiraz Shiraz Williams, that's Saturday night. Brooks Rodriguez, that's another one. So Obviously, the one we're really looking towards, too, is is, is Lopez. Like I said, it, it does put, not having that theory, does put a hole in the February schedule, man. Because um, obviously, you know, the is not coming back till March 30th. There's some good fights out there. There's good fights in March, but it does put a little hole in there. I was really looking forward to that. And, you know, May 18th is the scheduled date, the reschedule, I should say. So... I do believe the cut. I, I think a lot of people, like I said, the folks that are saying, oh, why is it on this eye? You know, um, when you take a selfie and have a normal picture, it's just different. We went over this with Spence, we went over a bunch of times. I'll say this uh, about Lopez. Lopez said he's been on weight at 140 for a while, right? And I don't know when he actually, you know, he shot a video. I don't know when the video actually is, but he was eating wings and fries, and he said, "You know, I, I'm at weight, so I can, I can basically pig out." It's kind of like, okay, but do you want to eat that stuff? Um, did is that something you really want to eat anyway? Though, <laughs> like the night of the, or the not the night of the fight, obviously, but the uh, you know. The lead up. It's only a couple days away. Um, like we mentioned, John Ryder did call it quits. so shots out to him. I think that was a uh I think that's a good call. And uh John also mentioned he met, you know, Usyk missing the birth um, cause you know, of his of his child. Um Usyk's promoter, um this was actually unboxing scene, um talking about the sparring footage, it's not a convincing video. Too many questions, right? And like I said, they did have that little video conference where they cleared the air or whatever, but he told Boxing News, I did see the video. It's not a convincing video. Together with the picture of Tyson, um, that he is in good shape, very slim. People find the picture to be made three years ago. I do... I did not explore it myself, but that's what people said to me on Instagram, which, you know, if you're getting it from there, that's not the best thing, right? Uh, there's another picture with him in uh, Dimitri uh, Salita in the ring with the same, he says underwear, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe Tyson wears the same one for three, four, three or four years in a row. You know uh, the fact that it, that you cannot trust the video, and the video itself does not prove anything. The picture of the cut, yeah, it shows us the fact the cut is severe, but getting punched in headgear by an uppercut and get cut no way. There is an elbow, but how the hell can an elbow get inside it? Well, I think it could get up in there, but the fact that you can oh no, that's there, you said that. So Um, yeah, about the elbow, how the hell can you get the elbow inside after an uppercut? Uh, what should be done? And when someone is screaming, why would they scream? When someone is screaming, why would they scream? Did, did they see blood? Okay. If they saw the blood, why wouldn't the blood appear on the gloves? Uh, when he was wiping his eye, too many questions. The video is not convincing. The convincing thing is the medical report and the statement that he got cut. So, you know, but he said he's confirmed with the Saudi partners. They got the medical report. The medical report claims that he would need two to three months recovery. So that's that's that. OK. Um, oh, here's a, a pro box that's going to be March 27th Nicholas Walters and Joseph Adorno. Definitely. I saw this on boxing scene. Uh, definitely a crossroads fight. Boxing scene has learned that there are plans in place for a crossroads fight between those two. The matchup is, you know, Wednesday. That's their night. Um, Adorno is just four, three and two with three knockouts in his past nine starts. Um, You know, Rebounding from back-to-back decision defeats over Elvis Rodriguez and uh, Edwin De Los Santos, with a, a confidence-boosting fifth-round knockout of Jonathan Perez last November, um, and then obviously, you know, you, you have Walters coming back as well. So, well, here's some random news about Triller. Man, there's guys like Woodsy and other people really stood up for this guy in this platform, right? Clearly not a good reason, but Triller owns music right holders more than 23 million, which it doesn't have. This is John Nash here, which it doesn't have the cash to pay. Oh, and it's purged 200 million bot duplicate accounts from its platform. Oh, and it still wants the IPO (laughs) music business worldwide. That's where he's getting at. So, um, yeah. So Bradley seems like he's always, you know, saying stuff just to say stuff. But he said, Timothy Bradley, this is a quote from the boxing scene. Munguia is everything Canelo Alvarez wishes he was with the fans. Uh, carrying the torch, you know, for Mexican boxing, something Canelo, Canelo Arvos has done for years. He captured all the titles, blah, blah, blah. His accolades, without question, will eventually push him to the Hall of Fame whenever he decides to hang him up. But when it comes to grabbing the attention of fans everywhere, Bradley believes that's where Munguia has him beat. munguia's is everything Canelo, f- Canelo wishes he was with the fans. I just, it's so funny, picking shoes. Like, this guy's team has turned down so many big fights for him. It, it's pretty wild. Paul Magno it never ceased to amaze me how many people on this app with zero access to real information form firm aggressive un aggressively unbudging opinions on issues they truly know little to nothing about, as I said before, boxing is ninety nine point eight cognitive distance yeah um but yeah, that Bradley thing is just like really dude like I don't know, but yeah, someone sent me this. What the F? Why are the cuts on different eyes? Can someone explain this? And it's like, yeah, it is easy to explain. You know, it is easy to explain. Um, Yeah, Jake Donovan was the one who was, you know, posted that, uh, that Sabril Matias on, on, uh, you know, boxing scene, that he will defend his next title against Liam uh, Taro. And it's most likely going to be in June or July on the zone. In Puerto Rico. So that's uh, that's a good thing for him. That's for sure. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. They're in Advanced Talks Summer Fight Puerto Rico. So that that'll be cool for him. Definitely. Um, and that is his... Uh, wait. For a volunteer... Oh, for some reason I thought... Okay, I, I said it wrong. I thought that was mandatory, but it's a voluntary 24 and 0 barrel. Okay. So we'll see if it gets finished. Um, also, uh, Al Dawson, speaking of Pro Box TV, Benavides will fight in May while watching for a prospective, um, uh, Canelo deal in September. If Saul, you know, I'm not gonna. Samson said, you know, if he cares about. A legacy he'll engage David Benavides in a prospect, you know, two fight deal. Um so basically he's saying he's fighting in May or early June. Um when we asked if there were opponents he had his mind outside of Canelo, he said, We're looking for we're looking for one um before joking if he knew any. If we knew any, he said. Um, the fight is supposed to happen. I believe if you want to go with legacy, you need to fight Benavides, or he will get the respect or he will never get the respect of his people. Um, which, you know, I don't agree with that, but they're saying it, it would likely be a two fight deal, which that actually would make sense, but that's Al Dawson reporting on that. Um. What else we got for? Oh, Eddie Hearn did tweet for for Connor. If there's anyone between 140 and 160 who doesn't want to fight Connor, whole world calling his name. Big fight next. Well, let's see what big fight he gets. Let's see what big fight he gets. Crawford. It was speaking of big fight. He says Terence Crawford versus Canelo Alvarez is the biggest fight in boxing right now. Like it or not, that's just facts. I mean, I think it would sell a lot. I do think it would sell a lot um I'd have to agree with that um I mean, maybe not the biggest fight, whatever but i I just think, like I've said a couple times now, like coming off the performance he came off where it did good ass numbers, good at great gate, really for nowadays, anything over five hundred thousand is great, right, but that was nearing seven hundred thousand six fifty to seven hundred um That's a major number. So, yeah, I agree. And he's undefeated. I think it would be, you know, if it went Crawford, then went Benavidez, you know, I'm not necessarily. Here's the thing. Crawford doesn't have a deal with PBC. So, you know, they don't owe him fights per se. And it does sound like the Spence fight is off. That's what it sounds like. We don't know that for a fact, but that's what it sounds like which is probably best for both of them. Um, but, you know, if you're the PBC and, in, 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 you know, Crawford would sign a multi-fight deal or something if he bought Canelo correct. I mean, he would at least do that. I mean, he fought for, you know, he signed for two fights to fight Spence, but they didn't make him, you know, sign a contract with PBC, um, which is crazy, but... Sometimes it happens like that. So it's really great for Crawford, obviously. So um, if he doesn't sign with PBC, I don't know. I'm not saying long-term, like we got you for five years, you know, but multi-fight deal, I don't I don't think he'd get the fight. I just don't. Maybe they'd have just supreme confidence that Canelo could beat him. Um, but it is a different style, and I know he's – you know, jumping up and waiting all that. But they're probably thinking, well, we we have Jermall Charlo. We'll fight him in May and then fight Benavidez, right? And the reason why I say that is because if Jermall Charlo does really good, let's see, upsets him or whatever. It's a draw. They have a rematch. Well, either way, if you do good against Canelo, it's going to raise your profile somewhat. Obviously, um, it it rose Jermel Charlo's profile, but not in a good way. And then he further damaged it by somebody outside the ring that I don't really want to talk about because it's pretty despicable. Um, but, if, like I said, if Charlo did surprise us all, all of a sudden now you have a fight with Benavides. I'm not saying he wouldn't have to rematch him, but... Either way, if he did good in the fight, then they, you know, let's say it's, 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 you know, Charlo or not Charlo. Yeah. Charlo and Canelo. And then September it's Benavides. Well, if he beats them both Canelo, then you have, you've raised both Charlo and Benavides' platform, you know, their, their profiles, then they could fight at some point. So it would make sense that way. Um, But they might also be like, Hey, right now, and I would say this, I do think, I think Crawford, the Crawford fight may sell better than the Benavides fight right now, just because of what he's coming off of. He he went mainstream, a lot more mainstream than Benavides has been yet. But, you know, like I said, maybe they're like, screw it, that's going to make more money now, then we'll fight Benavides. It's tough to say. Um, this is ran random hits from a couple days ago. Fabio Wardley and Fraser Clark finalized for March 31st at the O2 arena. It's an interesting fight. Um, you know, two, one beaten guys. But yeah, cause, uh, Clark's only had like what, eight or nine fights or something like that. So I, I like that fight. I think that's a pretty good fight. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that one. Cross again here, this card could realistically go mismatch, 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 and even for a showcase card, we deserve better better room. Yeah, that that was a bad card. Um, there was a kid that made his US debut that landed big shots. It's a big right hand left to the body. I can't... Why am I forgetting his damn name? But that... I did forget... I, I forgot to mention him, but I just... I can't remember what the hell his name is, he doesn't have many fights, so yeah. May 18th, um, Ferry Usyk. and then June 1st is uh, beat Bivell with the undercard. Um, <laughs> and then someone sent me this too. This is a troll, Ray Jackson is a troll, he's funny. I don't take him serious. I think people are freaking out because he's a troll. But he's getting a lot of impressions. He said, "Breaking news: Devin Haney was offered 10 million guarantee to fight Ryan Garcia, the biggest payday of his career. He turned it down. Sources said he was asking for 20. That doesn't fight. If that fight doesn't happen, we all know why. I mean, come on, dude. Um, Garcia. Though speaking of, he said things are moving forward with uh, Devin Haney. Just hit, just hit Oscar. He will talk to Bill later on." Um, we will get this done. So he's saying that, right? But then we hear Devin say, Oscar, come with a real offer. Quit wasting my time. Ryan Garcia, talk to your boy, Oscar. And G-Funk says, how many times do we have to go through this until Haney comes to reality, except that he's not the A side? The fight won't happen. If you fans don't like it, then you should have bought his last fight instead of stealing it. I don't know. I mean, you know, Roly was out there saying the offer sucked or whatever, whether that's true or not. I got a better offer to fight, you know, Pitbull bull crews. That's what he said. I'm not saying that's what happened, but that's what he said. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, it can't be just an offer and then you're done. Like there has to be some back and forth. Um, I, just to be done with it, you know, I don't know. And Dan Raphael added again that Crawford, that reportedly looks like Crawford and Spence, is uh, like it's not going to happen. It's claimed to do with a variety of reasons, including you know the cataract surgery. So we'll see. There's a new W book. Book Williams. There's a new WBA rankings at 135. Rio stays put at six. Martin's two. De Los Santos moved to three. Um, David, okay, yeah, so he said, uh, oh, so Haney said this before, too. Devin Haney has revealed that he told Gervonta's team he's willing to take the exact same deal Ryan Garcia did to fight him next. I don't think you're going to get that, though. By the way, that commercial was the shit um, for the Saudis. I will say this, though, the folks saying like, you know, you can say American and UK fight promoters need to step up their game in certain ways, and you'd be making a good point. But when you start to say they need to step up their game and do this, that's just not realistic, dude. Like, I did like the Western, you know, it's funny, because this is nitpicky, right? They probably should have just done the Western theme the whole time because they switched to like, you know, a pirate and then, you know, the like pirates of the Caribbean. Right. And then they then they, it was like they were, uh, you know, in the Roman times. So they could have that's three different commercials right there. But no, I mean, the, the shit is crazy, but let's not act like they people have that kind of money just to throw away. This is what actually when when asked uh, by inside fighting to, to Roly why didn't you take the, the fight against Ryan Garcia? Roly said Al Heyman gave me a better offer than Golden Boy was offering. And like I said, I'd rather be, you know, on Amazon Prime or some, right? So that's that's what he said. Uh, but yeah, I don't uh, I don't agree with you know, with with it's just not, it's not, it's not a legitimate criticism to be like, why don't you make commercials like that? Because that's just so much money. And if you want these fights to happen, you're not going to spend that much money on it. And I know people don't want to hear that, but uh, this is, um, what I forgot, it's kind of. Oh, Scott Christ. Yeah, okay. Um, He actually reported Juan Francisco Estrada and Bam, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, planned for the summer. Now, Estrada's probably going to take a tune up. But, oh, okay. So he's reporting that Salvador Rodriguez report. Okay. Uh, that, you know, Eddie is looking to do that in Phoenix in the summer. Um, so. And I think, you know, somewhere in, well, you said, February, in this February, March, maybe March. I don't know. I do think Estrada should get a run out. Now, some of his runouts haven't really gone all that well. <laughs> but I think he should get a fight in and then, you know, uh, fight. Because that's a great fight. That's a good fight. Um, Android Uppercut shots out to him. Jermel Charlo's performance really soured everything for Jermall. I'm not super high on Jamal right now either. Yet I'm hearing people in boxing, uh, you know, like Dan Raphael saying that uh, they'd rather see Berlanga than Jamal Charlo. Berlanga hasn't done anything. What in the world? Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. See, people can't have like two separate thought processes at once. Most of the time. And that's why I really like that tweet. I picked it because it's like, dude, you can think one thing, but not go all the way to the extreme. Be like no, Berlanga. I want Berlanga over Traball. Like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, what are you talking about? Okay, so I didn't address this. Um, was it last week? I can't remember if it came out right before I got on. I think it did. But the Boxing Voice put out a tweet. Um saying, I want to hear your take on this. It seems like some fans associated with the PPC are going out of their way to criticize great fights just because they're on another platform instead of acknowledging and praising good fights. Uh, let's have an open discussion, share your thoughts on whether these so-called PBC gangbangers have gone too far in their criticism and if it's hindering the sport's growth. Are they overlooking excellent matchups simply because they don't they're not involved with the preferred fighter. The thing is, first of all, gangbangers, like, what the fuck? Whoever, you know, that's fucked up. Like, that's some ignorant, sounding like you want to, sounding racist straight up, but just ignorant as fuck, for one. I responded, any type of discourse on social media pertaining to Being hypercritical towards any platform falls squarely on the boxing media. Not all of it, but a large chunk of it. Who started this type of over-the-top bias towards Al Ayman and then the PBC in 2015. To be fair, and I also said this, you do platform dudes that go over the top in their biasness against PBC. Because he does. And I'm not saying he he shouldn't platform them. But if you're going to bring up a discussion, you should bring up the other side. In a tweet too, and now maybe he has show me that that's cool. But did he use like an over the top ignorant shit too, like the the gangbanger thing? The media is the one that had the biggest hand in this type of behavior. Um, like I said, he platformed dudes that are like that are putting out. Just enjoy the fights when Showtime was killing it, and then showing like a, you know, some sort of financial statement. It's like well. Are you only worried about that, or are you worried about the fights? Because you can't have it both ways. But I also went on, you know, the biggest hand, like I said, in this type of behavior was the media. Sturdell May versus Pack, then HBO versus Showtime, then went way out of control by the media looking for access to sponsor Payola. I mean, th- this shit, that's such an ignorant tweet. I know him personally, Ness, but, and I don't know if he tw- actually tweeted that or somebody else is doing it, but that was some ignorant shit. Um, and Fred adds, remember the people who are saying you shouldn't pick sides in boxing, spent years picking sides as to who paid them. Then got mad when an organic fan base got on Twitter and mocked them for being out of touch. Talking about the media. Exactly. Exactly. Lefty says the cult PBC gangbanger, uh, is just engagement farming because they can't actually engagement. To, uh, they can't get any actual engagement talking about actual fights. Connor Ben is fighting in bag Be- Vegas this weekend, but talking about that doesn't bring views from the same people who told you six years ago, Eddie Hearn, Eddie Hearn was the best promoter in the game. He was going to take over America. Now they can't get engagement talking about the fights, So, uh, it's back to the tried and true racial undertones, but like I always say, if they ain't talking about us, nobody cares what they're talking about. I mean, makes a good point there. Um, okay, this is a inter- this is actually this this is a perfect example of a part-time media saying something, trying to make a point, but not. Putting the context fully. I've been assured that Tank Davis going over a year in activity after a career high in pay-per-view sales and live gate is in fact just more eight D chess being played by the Galaxy Brains over at BBC. To sit there and out like to not put the context that the motherfucking the the Gervante went to jail Tank Davis went to jail. And clearly he's having issues you know, with a training camp. Now it seems like that's somewhat settled, Um, but maybe not. Maybe he's just got to wait it out a little bit more. Then he'll be able to have a training camp where he was. I don't know, but it sounds like he's back in camp or at least maybe not a full-on camp, but, you know, training. And then, you know, his trainer, you know, just got in trouble too. So it's like, dude, the dude went to jail. Like, so... You can you can rip him for putting himself in a position or whatever. Like, that's fine. You know, outside the ring, there's there's more than one incident that, you know, just because this last incident turned out to be pretty much bullshit, right? But the hit and run, you know, putting your hands on someone roughly at a game, like you could say shit about you could you could be critical. Highly critical of Gervonta's decisions in the past, but to not add context is fucking ridiculous. And it just goes out of your way to get your engagement. Here's another one. PBC trying to stall Crawford out dog. They don't have him under contract. In fact, it's just the opposite. He got to do the rare thing and not have to sign with the, with the platform to get, uh, you know, A big-ass fight. The second, what was it? Was it the second biggest fight last year? Or no, the third. Third biggest fight. I mean, it's crazy. Boxing fans. PBC, this is from Joe. uh, YK, Joe 10. Boxing fans. PBC has the weakest stable in boxing. They're hype jobs. Also boxing fans. PBC needs to drop the schedule. They drop that schedule. Boxing fans. PBC overpays fighters that's not good for the sport also boxing fans fighters need to go to saudi they're paying the most yeah, it's it's funny how that works funny how that works um do i think that connor ben and Gervonta would fight if you look at like would that be in you know on the zone on the zone over there would it be amazon here would it be amazon in general because they do have i looked it up they have like um the last I checked, which was a report from, from the fall of 2023, the number of households in the United Kingdom with an Amazon Prime video subscription increased to $3 million in the third quarter. So I don't actually have the fourth quarter. The service faces tough competition from, you know, subscription videos, uh, giant Netflix, obviously, who is reported to have $16 million. So... Does that play into it? Would that be even, you know, be able to be made? I don't know. Um, and In the whole, like, mandatory thing, the mandatory thing for David Benavides, talking about Canelo in general, Um, now, Mauricio Solomon told Gambling.com, David Benavides, he is the interim champion. He's the mandatory contender for the WBC. Uh, The mandatory status... Benavides' term for the mandatory status is in March 2024, and it will absolutely be a great fight. That's what he said, right? Um, then, recently, he said on bad left hook, he said, um, you know, because they just revealed, this was from November, they just revealed the slate of mandatory challenges, right? Um, you know, in the convention. So on this one, he says Benavides is officially the mandatory challenger. Solomon has said he'll order the fight in May, though whether that means they'll fight in May or he'll let, you know, Jaime Munguia fight him or or, or fight before fighting Benavides. Oh, okay, I see Benavides or Andre because that fight hadn't happened. It's anyone's guess. So now it's now it's May. It was March. I've seen someone say April. So you know it is what it is. Uh, Ryan, this is King in bets. Ryan Garcia talking about a potential fight against Inoue at lightweight, but crying about fighting Tank at lightweight. Yeah, I mean, you know, depending on the interview, he is kind of all over the place. All right, um, I think. I think that'll be about it. Oh, here's one. If Errol Spence and Crawford re- the the Crawford rematch doesn't happen, I'll never watch boxing again. I don't give a fuck who's fighting. Okay, sure, buddy. Sure. Oh, here's one more. Adam from SN Boxing. Just remember, decapitating fighters that's okay. Wanting to get a body on a record that's not okay. I'm sure all of us make all of this makes sense to the outrage hashtag outrage heads. None of this really bothers me. Yeah, it is funny. <laughs> um, Chris Mannix tweeted the association. This is from a couple of days ago. The Association of Boxing Commission is expected. The ABC is expected to remove Alicia Baumgartner from its suspended list next week. Sources say. Si Baumgartner. Bumgardner is the NSP to 130, um, will be required to pass a drug test if she does come off that list. Um, Yeah. Um, Sure. Uh, Albert Baker, when they're talking about, oh, it's a green screen, and, you know, he was kind of going back and forth on Twitter about uh, there was Ortega and there was Jay talking about the, the commercial and he said soundstage soundstage is ain't cheap and neither is the size of the crew to make that i agree with you i'm just saying locally the the return doesn't match the investment for almost all shows with a very limited expectation uh all good until the cost comes out of your pocket yeah, I mean that's the thing. You know, I like Ortega says I agree, most boxing promoters have gotten lazy stale with what they do to promote a fight, but you can't compare it to the Saudi money, you know. That that's what I'm saying. It's it's not like come on. Um the the the, the, the Saudi business model doesn't rely on being profitable. Uh they are probably nine figures in the red already in just a handful of bets. I mean uh, Frank Sanchez and Agit K- Kabbalah. What is it? K- uh WBC orders heavyweight elimination bout. This is uh, from a couple days ago. Keith Eidick. Agit. What is it? K- Kabayel? I don't know. I like that fight. I think it's a good fight. Um, you know, you got two unbeaten guys. Actually, let me read the article. I think they don't they have matching. At yeah, 24-0 and 0 against 24-0, and 0. Um, Sanchez is the WBC's 2nd rank contender for titles, or for Tyson's title, and Caballel, uh is the fourth-ranked. So, yeah, I like that fight. I hope they can get that done. Okay, we're going to end on this. Manny Pacquiao is talking about, I want to fight with Ryan Garcia, Conor McGregor, or Gervonta Davis. Gibbons, Sean Gibbons, who runs, you know, Backhouse Promotional Company. This is on boxing. scene. Technically, he's out of retirement. He would love to fight Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia. He's got about a year left. He just wants to fight. Man, he feels that he's in in tremendous shape. He's training for exhibitions, but hopefully it leads to something bigger and better. Um, He wants that McGregor fight, he says. That's what he says. Um, and when asked, you know, maybe, maybe it's His Excellency, right? Gervonta is a good fighter. He's a good fighter. Yeah, if he comes up to 147, we can fight at 145. Maybe that's not a problem for me. I'm an experienced fighter, so I'll leave you. Oh, oh, hold on. And I'm going to leave you on a sad note. At age 23, um, from uh, an injury sustained December 26th, in Tokyo, the to fight. Kazuki uh, Anaguchi passed away. That that really does suck, man. And um, just to, you know, for dudes that have, like, that are, you know, pretty high up in the media. Like Montero had, a, you know, I think he still has a, a Hall of Fame vote, right? So, someone tweeted This is why it's absolutely, that's why it absolutely infuriates me when I see people on this platform calling fighters bums or ducks. They have zero clue what these guys endure on a daily basis. Rest in peace. And Montero over that says facts. Like, yeah, I agree. And then Tyson Fury suffered a cut, right? And he puts a duck This is like hours later, supposedly. He puts a duck over the top of it. (laughs) Wait, didn't you just say that? Didn't you just agree to say facts about fighters are bums or they duck or whatever? And by the way, this is why Fury got so mad. Here I am. I'm almost done. (laughs) Ring Magazine, Aegis Klimas said, this is what he was quoted by Ring. He said, Fury is a fucking coward who will... Uh, do anything not to face Usyk, and he asked his bitch to hit him with a frying pan in his brow. You could quote me word for word on that. And and Aegis was trying to say I didn't I didn't say it like that or whatever, but I mean, whatever, dude. Whatever. Uh, okay, one more, one more for all the UK fights, UK fight fans screaming at me right now on the timeline. Let me make this very clear. The word postpone is bullshit. Tyson Fury does not want to fight. Usyk never will. Never has, never will. The fight will never happen. Although they have a, a date. They have a working date. Right. You know, that's a target date. That's what they think they can get it done by. But I don't think Tyson Fury's done with Usyk. Dude. I think that's ridiculous. I believe the cut. You know, now, come on, dude. Like, Do you think he's just going to get fucking demolished in the fight or something? Is he... I mean, it's not easy to outbox Fury. Like, who's who's outbox Fury? I don't know, dude. I just... I I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to get out of (laughs) here. I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights coming up uh, just in general this Thursday. But overall...